Hi everybody and welcome to the NSL's podcast. I hope you're all well who's watched along. Literally in that intro when I nearly choked him a crumpet. I forgot we were going live, but I'm joined by William Ross. How you doing? Yeah, all right, yeah, fucking crumpet muncha. <laughs> Ross, about yourself? I am good, mate. I did it something the volume must have got turned up in my pad. You just have it blew the heat off me there. <laughs> <laughs> and evening everyone in Corvo, Sam, Fran and Jed are already in watching along which is great to see uh, Craig Wright the legend as well I mean to be fair uh, there's Stephen Coulthard last year's winner of the Super 6 Stephen Murdoch they're all flying in but I mean let's start Willie with the, the latest news it's been a bit of a slow I don't know a bit of a slow kind of couple of weeks in the, in the January transfer window a couple of things have been confirmed more departures and obviously incomings at, the, at this precise moment today and to be fair to Franny, the only time I've seen him when I quickly checked the chat was Quan has joined St. Mirren uh, on loan. I'm seeing Stephen Robinson's quotes basically saying that he's been in conversation with, uh, with uh, Willie Lowell. Monty, send you are laughing at that. No, uh, I've I'm seen, that. Uh, I've seen his quotes. Because it was Ross who sent that text, no Franny. Uh, uh, well, well, Ross, Franny, <laughs> there we go. It's fine. <laughs> and he was saying he's been in conversation with uh, Rogers for quite some time over the, the state of Quan and what he could add to St Mirren. I mean, Willie, is, is it a good move to kind of utilise the, the Scottish Premiership and send their lone players there instead of the likes of League One, League Two, get them top top tier experience, and hopefully Quan can, can can shine when he's on loan. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I mean, it's worked before with the likes of Ayer at Kilmarnock and Christian <coughs> Aberdeen for us. So. Um, hopefully it does the same for fucking uh, <laughs> crumpet muncher up there. Uh, the same for uh, for Quan. Obviously, when he came in, there was um, a lot raving about him, and a, a lot on this podcast, especially, say that we need a bit of, a, for the lack of a better term, a, a bastard in midfield. And apparently, he was that sort of player. But we've we've yet to see it. We've seen seen next to nothing of him. I think we've seen like fifteen minutes of him his whole time at Celtic. So. Um, for us fans as well, it's good to see because we'll get to see him week in, week out and have kind of our own interpretation of him as well. So, yeah, it's always a positive for me. He's obviously a young, talented player. So, let me go on loan. Oh, yeah, skills as well. Yeah, bang on, mate. Um, to go on loan in the league, uh, get game time, and it's obviously not too far away for us as well. So, on a personal level for him, he's, he's probably still in the same house, etc. So, uh, yeah, all good. It seems, seems a good move for all parties concerned. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely does. And Monty is not, nothing short of giving you grief already. I, I mean, it's it's quite incredible. I'm actually uh, hiding the comments and it could end. I mean, like like Willie said there in some of the comments that we've seen Ryan Christie, Ross, Christopher Ayer go to Kilmarnock. The, the likes of these players go and get top league experience and come back and actually make an imprint on the team. And when Quan came in, he said he was going to be the best player in the league and he was going to get a move to the Bundesliga and all that type of stuff. On one hand, you welcome the confidence from a young player, but on the other hand, they have to be realistic, and it hasn't quite worked out for him. And like Willie said, we've seen probably 40 minutes of him. I think it was a testimonial, wasn't it, Forrest, against a fellow uh, Bilbao he played? Bilbao. And he, he, he didn't look great at all. But as, as I said, hopefully this can springboard him. And Stephen Robinson, we know he plays a physicality. We know his teams are athletic, and they like to go on the front foot and, and, and ping the ball as well. So, I mean, he, he's learning from a good coach that way, especially for the physical aspect of the game. Aye, it's it's not going to do him any harm because we've spoke about it at length eh, on this podcast. Everybody knows it. Like the 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 football, obviously for the the sort of youth, it's no great playing in the the lowland league or whatever it is. So you're not up against good quality. So this is going to do him 
like the world of good playing at the level obviously that Celtic play at um, and it getting more experience in the league and getting games. I don't I don't know if it's only six months, but as I say, it's not going to do him any harm. He'll hopefully get game time at St Mern. You can't guarantee it because we've we've not actually seen enough of him to say that he's good enough to play for St Mern. Never mind Celtic, but Stephen Robinson seems to think he is. So I'd be interested to actually. I'll probably try and take in a few St Mern games just to get a look at the guy and see see what he maybe has got to offer. But as Willie said and yourself, it has worked in the past with guys like Ayer and Christie and all the rest of it. And why can't it work for him? Hopefully it can. Comment by Celtic idiot. St Mern must be looking to set up a beating. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And, and, and like you said, and even uh, Pat McLaughlin was giving a wee bit of a shot to Monty there, saying he probably said the same about skills and, and his opportunity at something and, and look at him now. And I know I've said drop him before, but we're not going to get into that tonight. We'll, we'll just leave that. But I, I think it's, for me anyway, it's a good move. And like you said, Stephen Robinson's a good coach. And we, we discussed this before we played them. They're probably the only team outside of Rangers that give us a good battle, like physicality-wise, athleticism and, and all, that, all that type of stuff and the press that they can do. So hopefully, in my opinion, he, he goes there and he, he learns of that and he comes back and actually gets used to the Scottish game by, by getting minutes under his belt. And, Willie, another player that's left the club on a permanent transfer. Now, this is, for me, it's, it's strange because I think he was in the team of the year in Japan again. I think he won an award at Edoguchi. He came to us with the, with the four, like Kyogo, Rio and, and Dyson. And there were some pundits even saying that uh, Edoguchi could be the best out of the four of them. He's just had a bad break, didn't make it at Leeds, went to Germany and, and didn't quite make it there either. But third time the charm and all that. He came in, he played a game against Alaba, against Barry Ferguson's team. And we never really seen much more of him. Every time he came back into the team, he got injured. He was training, he was injured. And he made the move to Japan. And just like that, he kicked on. And maybe that's the environment. Maybe that's where he's comfortable in. And we've seen his post with his family. Maybe he just wants to be back home with his family when he done that on Instagram. And look, players can get homesick. And maybe that's just a case for Edoguchi. But he, for me, he was promising. We've seen him a few times. And he, he looked like he could ping a pass. He, he was good covering the ground. And he went back to Japan, will he? And, he was in the team of the year and he's going to move to the Japanese champions and for Sel Kobe. Yeah, I mean, like you said, sometimes it just doesn't work out. He's he's obviously had moves before uh, on these shores. He was at uh, he was at Leeds, like you said, and that obviously moved and uh, come to fruition either. Uh, and uh, you're right, he, had, he just had so many injuries, didn't really get his chance and was so stacked in that area of the park. See, um, <laughs> see when... <laughs> See when you've got a midfield three of Hatate, O'Reilly, and Kalmak, it's really, really difficult to get into that. I think, and I think there was even five or six players behind that midfield three that were in ahead of him. So it's obviously the best move for all parties concerned. It didn't work out. Not all signings do, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not too disappointed. He didn't really show much when he was here, and obviously <coughs> he had the injuries. So it's another one that's just. Um, the best move for all parties concerned and I, I think I said to you guys in the group chat that, this week uh, or last week that I think it's, this window's probably going to be, it's more important for me we need to offload a lot of players rather than bringing in a lot um, I think we'll see one or two coming obviously but I think there's a lot of deadwood at the club that we need to get rid of um, and I think we're seeing the start of it yeah, and we're going to come to the rest of the squad as well. And I think what Corvo said here, Ross, we got a profit back in Gucci. 
Which I suppose is a good thing. It's probably a minimal a minimal fee. I think it was over eight hundred grand and we bought him for like five or six hundred. I mean, again, we did get a profit there. But any sentiments for yourself or Edoguchi going? That's um, one of these things, isn't it? Listen, you may never seen enough of him. What I did see, he looked okay in fits and starts. If I remember right, he was maybe brought in to play that sort of six role. You look at it and we've let Quan go there. I don't. I, I think my memory serves me right, and he, he was brought in to play the six role. So you look at it, and you're like, maybe it was down to like just no settling in this country, and just want he, he's just like he prefers it back back in his homeland kind of thing. Because for me, if he if he was want to like stay at Celtic, and it was between him and Quan, you would you would probably go for for Adeguchi. Um Listen, he, he's gone now. It, it didn't work out for the guy, but I'm not too upset. But it would have been nice to have seen more of the guy and for him to had, have a bit more luck eh, and have stayed injury-free for a bit longer. He got a real shot at Celtic because I don't think he, he ever did get that, whether it was through ability, but certainly a lot it was to do with injury as well. Yeah, 100%. Monty comes in. Edoguchi is pissed. You can't say that. He's in the team of the year in Japan. He definitely has something to offer. Like you said, Ross, maybe the environment didn't suit him. But, Ross, coming back to yourself here, let's look at some of the squad. And I think it's pretty well known that Gustav Lagerbelka seems to be one that, that Rogers doesn't quite fancy at this present moment. It, it is quite baffling how he come on and score a Champions League winner. And he's basically been put out the pastor. He's looking to move on and probably on loan or hopefully a permanent transfer to recoup some money back of him. But if you look at our centre-halves, Naraki's come up nice, Scales, uh, Carter Vickers, Welsh. I mean, is, is it just one of them ones? The four of them could be the core and then Gustav just has to, to make way along with Nat Phillips. So he, thank fuck, went back down to Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think it's it's starting to look like that. I mean, Lagerbelk has not left yet. Um, but for me, I don't know about Navroke or Scales, but certainly, in terms of this season anyway, I don't think that any time that, obviously Welsh has been injured, but I think any time that Lagerbelk has came in, and I've been a big defender of Welsh, I, I like him. I think any time that Lagerbelk has came in, He's done as good as Welsh. I, I've said it before. I can only remember one real mistake for him, and it was at Ibrox. Um, but I think he's generally been okay. But listen, Rogers has seen them in, in training every day. And we've got, as you say, we've got Carter Vickers, Scales, um, Navarroke, and Welsh. So. <laughs> That's a belter. <laughs> uh, uh, he he doesn't look like Fowler Grant either, right enough. <laughs> what was I saying? Um, aye, so we've got the four defenders, and for me, if you're playing four at the back, you're, you're playing two centre halves. Probably, I said it at the start of the season. I don't want to do it again, but I said at the start of the season that four defenders defenders would be enough. And then everybody who is a centre half got injured for us a week later. So that can happen. For me, I'll be inclined to keep a hold of Lager Bielka because I don't think he's had enough of a shot. 
obviously we're going to get further into the squad, but when you you look at guys like Mikey Johnson and stuff like that, I would regard them as more dead wood than a lager Bielka who's only been in the door, what, six months? Uh, I think I, I've liked what I've seen him. I'm not saying he's going to be a definite starter, but right now I don't think, obviously, well, Scales is the definite starter, but Navrocki's looked all right. I think Welsh is no bad. I think Navrocki probably is just on the, the evidence of the last few games is just slightly in front of Lager Bielka and Welsh. He could he could possibly take over for scales, but I I don't I wouldn't be rushing Lager Bielka out the door. But if Rogers wants to do it, he'll know better than me because he sees him week in, week out. Yeah, and again, that question comes up about attitude. Well, you've heard this before, attitudes and training. We all thought Naroski was a part of that, but again, he's come in and, and Roger has said he, he performs well in training and he's going to play a vital part in the second part of the season. And it, you look at it from my opinion, Larga Belt got, I think it was Defender of the Year with the previous club he was at in Sweden. He got his first international cap. He scored a goal. And he's above Starfelt in that packing order as well, which is quite ironic because we let Starfelt go to the South of Vigo. Comes into us and look. For what it's worth, I don't think it was a, a Roger signing. I think it was one that maybe was pre-planned and a wee bit down the road when Rogers come in and he's given the the go ahead to do that. Like he has admitted on, on several occasions in press conferences, but then he flip flops and changes his mind. But with the Argabelt, he played with skills in the Ibrox game, and like Ross said, we won that game. It was a pressure environment. They came through it. The one he played in Europe, yeah, he was naive, but so was Thiago Holmes. So was the other players who were having their debuts. So again, he could grow in that environment. And I just find it strange. I haven't seen anything from my opinion around like he won't make it or he's not good enough. I think he's quick in the tackle. He's good at passing the ball and he's strong in the air. Like we've seen, it. obviously he was he was unopposed, but he still scored a header in the Champions League. So I don't understand what, what this is coming from, but maybe like Ross has said, it's, it's Rodgers and he's just like, I don't fancy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not privy to what happens in the training, um, on the training park. And uh, <laughs> uh, so... I mean, it's different for seeing what we've seen, and, and Rogers is obviously. I'm not going to question his, um, what he thinks of Lagabielka way with training every week. But uh, I'm, I totally agree with the two of you. It's like um, every time he's came in, and I've, I've not like I'm not super impressed, but I'm also he's always he's done it. He's been a six, seven out of ten every every time I've seen him play. He's never um, he's never been horrendous. So yeah, it's a strange one, but like, I mean, we don't know the ins and outs. Maybe that, maybe because he's not been getting as much game time as he thought. He's 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 went to Brendan himself, and and they've had the conversation, and he maybe wants to go out on loan or 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 whatever it is he's want to do. But he's he's clearly a decent player. With his like you said, his previous accolades with his previous club in that league. Um, but I mean, that's a number of players now. You've said we've signed that have been player of the seasons in our league, and they kind of got a look in our team. So. Uh, it's interesting. It's strange. Uh-huh. It's but, strange. But, but, uh, what, what do you mean by that, though? What, what do you mean by that? Because is that like that they're, they obviously have quality and they're just not working out, or is it just um, they're playing the season and the league's not no, competitive just, enough? Why? Why do you think it's happening? I don't know. No idea. Strange, like yeah, especially um, with Belga. Yeah, but like we say, everyone else is in agreement that he's not. He's never done a bad job whenever he has played. So. It's it's difficult for him as well because he's came in and like you said, there's it seems like he's fourth or fifth in the pecking order. Corvo, well, I agree with that. I think if he's not going to play, then letting him go on loan is is probably a good idea. Um, 
But when I seen when I seen the uh, <laughs> when I seen the um, when I seen the rumours that he's likely to go, and you know me with rumours, but I seen it was on Sky Sports News, so I was a bit like, "Well, I was a bit surprised to be honest with you. I don't, I didn't think he'd be he'd be exiting the door in this uh, window, which obviously he might not still. Um, but when you sit back and look at it, he's right. He's probably as what fifth if five centre first team centre defenders that we've got now. Fifth choice. Yeah. So yeah. it is difficult. Um I think in an ideal world alone a lone move away would be perfect for all parties concerned and uh <laughs> the comments are on fire light the sound. <laughs> I, I don't I have no idea. I, I mean everybody goes on about the all these leagues are the Scottish leagues push compared to all these leagues, but all these player of the seasons are coming in and kinda of get a look in. Maybe the Scottish League isn't as bad as what it's made out to be, and maybe these other leagues aren't as good. Maybe it's just a matter of they can't settle. Um, in Glasgow, it's a massive, massive club compared to what these guys are used to, and maybe the pressure, I don't know. It could be any number of things. Um, a lot of things that we're no privy to that we don't see. Like Eddie Gucci, like he could have came in and hit the ground running just like Kyogos and Hattafis did, but he, he clearly is an unsettled player away from his home comforts because it's not worked out at Leeds or other or other uh, countries as well. So, uh, which again is another thing that you hate to take. I think that's a thing that Andrew used to say when he was talking about the person as well as the player mm-hmm. because they could be the best player in the world and come and be utter dog shit because they're not settled or they can't. You, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. I, it's diff- It's a difficult one. But with Lager Bielka, yeah, I think he's fairly far down the pecking order. So, um, it would be <laughs> ideal if we get a loan move. But saying that, Ross is right. Everybody was injured about three months ago, and we were doing it just him and skills. So, um, but I don't think he's going to be wanting to sit on the bench. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens between now and the end of the window with him. I think as well that, like you said, it's a mentality thing. <clears throat> when you come in from a club in Sweden that hold about five thousand, and then you're you're thrusted into a sixty thousand arena, sometimes that could probably weigh in your mind. And look, Celtic are born and bred champions and that, that kind of winning mentality has to be game after game after game because we see it on here among ourselves in the comments after a draw or a loss it's bang it's catastrophe it's Armageddon yeah. and people people are coming off the rockers and that's that's after one game never mind two defeats in a row but I do agree I think Segris we're going to come on to him next but I think Largo Belga <laughs> I, I think it's, it's just one of them things I think Rogers has obviously made his mind up very early on and even Naraki's went back in and, and took that position off him when it looked like he was ahead of him. So Naraki, it looks like it's going to kick on. But another person, Willie, that's probably looking out the door is in the goalkeeper department, and that's Benzie Segrist. Again, it's probably a quick one here. I know, I know Rogers has said about Joe Hart still playing a, a vital role in the team looking into the summer, and I think even talking about keeping him as, as well, having that discussion with him, hopefully as number two. But Segrist, he's a fellow to me. He, he just loves that part. He, <laughs> I know pick, up one of the, pick up one of the crumpets and bang it in your gum again. <laughs> he's a, he's, he just loves the party with Celtic players. Like He's just taking <laughs> pictures. He's, he's drinking all the time. He's on holiday with his missus. So would that. If I playing, I'd be doing the same fucking thing. He's having the life of it. <laughs> I hear. He's having the life of it by the looks of his Instagram stories and that. It's it's quite incredible. But Seager's from from Dundee United. They also, I think we can all agree he's been an absolute failure. Yeah, I mean, you can look back. I I wasn't keen on the signing in the first place. I, like I thought he was a decent keeper at Dundee United, but 
I never thought he was going to be one to come and overthrow Joe Hart. Um, and anyway, I know a lot of people clamoured for it. Maybe the start of the season or the tail end of last season, but. <laughs> For me, I, I didn't. I didn't understand the signing, especially because they gave Scott Bain a contract before it as well. Like if Scott Bain wasn't going to be at the club, I could totally understand that he can come in and him and Joe Hart kind of fight for that number one shirt. But because Scott Bain's there as number two and Joe Hart's clearly the number one, it was always a strange signing for me anyway. Um, and again, I I, I I I I didn't think he was better than Joe Hart, so it's a strange. <laughs> it's a strange one where. Uh, when he came in for me, and I, I, it's, I, I, it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that he's, we're in the situation where I'm that we are now because I can never see him breaking into that first team. So for me, it's another one that if and when he goes, I'm not going to be too broken-hearted about it. To be honest with you, I don't think it's a massive loss to the club. Yeah, and I think it's the sad indictment, Ross, when Scott Bain remains number two when you're supposed to be signing the challenge for the number one spot, and he just totally flapped. Yeah. I, I, I'm a bit like Willie in the sense that I, I didn't really, I, I didn't think that he was coming in. I, th- I think he was brought in to try and challenge Hart for the number one, but I didn't ever think for one second that he would oust Hart for that number one spot. I just, he had a couple of good games, he looked a decent shot stopper and stuff like that. But that's the other, by the way. I was born in Dundee and I've been to the Maldives. <laughs> Um, aye, but he never he never blew me away. Um, so I I wasn't that bothered about him. Like I wasn't pushing for him to come in. Um, it just seemed not a lazy signing, but it was just like it seemed like it was an an easy option just to bring in a guy that was doing okay in the Scottish league. Um, but listen again, it's another one. Uh, Probably a long list of signings in the last maybe two windows that haven't quite worked out. Um, but listen, there's been good ones as well, and there's ones that you can see that it's got potential, and that you can see that there there will possibly be a player there. But there is a a, a list that's probably a bit too long of players that we're getting out the door now that haven't had much opportunity, and. They've they've just got it wrong. The 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 board or whoever sanctioning it, they've they've just got it completely wrong. I think that's a fair point, by the way, about the series says about the lazy signing thing. And it's exact. It's every window, but even now it's like Shankland and Majorski, and previously it was Porteous and all the rest of it. And it just it seems to me like these guys are never going to. It's very rare that any of these people come in and and they nail down a spot. There's obviously certain individuals like. Uh, Certain individuals like uh, Scott McDonald and all the rest of it that came in and smashed it. But like Shankland and Majowski, for me, aren't they going to come in and oust Kyogo? So it'd be the exact same situation as Seagrest. They're not going to come in and fight for that shot. I don't think they're anywhere near Kyogo ability-wise. And it's same previous with like Porteous and all the rest of them that we're, we're, we're getting touted with. I just think it is. It's it's and. Uh, and said that he sell. Well, I always talk about Alex Ferguson. It's like when you're signing these players, and obviously there is a, a bit of like you need to sign this person as a backup or whatever. But nine times out of ten, when you're in a window, you want to sign somebody to improve the team or push for the shot. And I don't think these players are are that. And I think Seagrass is definitely one of them. At hundred percent, I totally agree with that. Plans to be logged comes in with an interesting one. Uh, Ross Seagrass is good enough to oust Hart. It's got nothing to do with his ability, why he's not playing. He fell out, 
something happened behind the scenes we don't know about. Do you think that's a, a good comment? Uh, or do you think that even in general, do you not think Seegers would have been good enough to take that position? Uh, well, he's, he's not showing that in a Celtic jersey. So I, I don't know how you can say, say with any great certainty that he, he would be good enough to oust that. He, he he didn't come in and like Ange went straight away right I've signed you you're my man and he put him right into the team that didn't hurt him so that that right away tells me that Ange didn't think that he was a better goalie than Hart but he wanted another option to try and mm. push Hart onto another level maybe but Seagrass never done that he's 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 just no came up to came up to the mark uh, I don't know if playing at Celtic has been too big listen that they're there maybe has been some sort of fallout, but I mean, the fallout would have came when Andrew's there. Brendan Rogers has come in, and Seagrest, I don't know if he's fell out with Rogers, but if he's fell out with Rogers, then that's two people he's fell out with. Rogers hasn't picked him to play before Hart, and everybody's, even myself, is conceding now at this point. Probably in the summer, I would say that we have that the goalkeeper area has to be looked at and we have to try and improve on Hart because he is at the, the latter stages of his career. But that's two managers that Segrist has played under now and whether it's a fallout or not, he's not mo- he's he's not taking Hart's position and Hart hasn't performed absolutely outstanding this season. He has had good games, he's had some dodgy moments, yet he's still nowhere to be seen, so... That for me, it's it's more about ability, but I, I can see that there there has been some sort of fallout at somewhere down the line as well. But I I, I don't know. But for me, he, he wasn't, and he hasn't, he wasn't going to be, and he hasn't been the the answer for to be Celtic's number one. Yeah, I mean, Willie, to kind of round it off, the whole <clears throat> when we went that Australian tour, came back and he was in love with somebody, and I think he's <laughs> after that he's just wanted to be in Australia by the looks of it. But what Pat McLaughlin is saying and and Palm as well, if there is a fault, like and Ross, if there's a falling out between two separate managers and the rest of the coaching staff, I think that's more of a slight on him and his attitude. Would you would you not say if he's fallen out with every manager that he's worked with on their Celtic so far? Um, if that's the case, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. If that's the case, then uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, it could be any number of things. Uh, he's been unfortunate yeah. in the sense that Joe Hart stayed fit as well. Um, if we, if all our defenders have been fit for the start of the season, skills would be nowhere near this team. He'd be, he'd be in another. He'd be, he'd have been out the door. But he got fortunate. He got his chance and he took it. Seagrass hasn't had that, unfortunately for him. Um. But, I mean, again, you're right, it's two managers. He's in training every day. If he was doing it in training, he would be getting his chance, but he's, oh, he's clearly not good enough. Is there any goalkeeper in the SPL you would take now? Nah. Ross? Jack Butland. Jack Butland's hurting! <laughs> oh, wow, wow. No, but Craig Gordon? <laughs> but, uh, really? No, oh. it's... Uh, Craig, uh, no, listen, Craig Gordon's 40. I wouldn't, wouldn't be taking him at Celtic now, but I think he's 40. still. He's, <laughs> but uh, listen, I've not seen enough of the guy, but seemingly the, the, the Kilmarnock goalkeeper is he, he gets a lot of good write ups. Um, whether Honestly, he can get it's uh, uh, I can't mind, but I can't. No, I Dennis, is it not Dennis? 
Dennis, that's him. Yes. Aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye. Um, but whether he can make the grade at Celtic is another thing. But I, I don't know. That probably not. But for to take over for Joe Hart, I, I wouldn't say there's anybody in this league that you could say with any confidence could come in and sort of make that position their own. Um, I think we probably have to look further afield. I think we probably are looking further afield. And or listen, people people say that they, they want a goalkeeper in this window. I, I wouldn't be like Anthony um, Dunn. I, I wouldn't be wanting to be changing my goalkeeper halfway through a season unless we can get somebody that is going to be markedly uh, better than Joe Hart. But again, whether that happens remains to be seen. Yeah, and I think Rogers has kind of echoed that as well. He's not really looking at, at that as a priority. He did mention there is <laughs> oh the cattle's <laughs> one. He, he did he did mention <laughs> the fact that um and also I'm in a, in a minute, I'm in an airplane. This is all sad. There's nothing here. <laughs> no, it's turbulence. <laughs> Oxygen mask coming down. That. But I think, I think I think Rogers has, has, has said that the priority isn't that. Maybe in the summer he'll look at it. But for what it's worth, I know you should probably laugh. I'll take Kemar Roos at Aberdeen any day of the week. I think he's a fantastic goalkeeper. And he's one for me that would come in and replace Joe Hart. That's a map thing. And if we're looking in the SPL. Uh, well, the last three the last three seasons you'd have had half the fucking Aberdeen team. <laughs> I, don't, I think Kemar Roos is decent. But Ross, there, there's a couple of other players and we'll quickly round off this bit. Mikey Johnson and Marco Tilio. Two wingers. Uh, Tilio came out there. I think he's away to the Asian Games with uh, Australia, which again is probably a surprise inclusion for himself. He's done basically nothing since he's been at Celtic. He's basically confirmed that there's maybe a low move on the offense for him. And then your favourite fellow, Maggie Johnson, I just think kaput. I think he just needs to, to go now. There's there's no need for him no more. Uh, there absolutely is not. Um, I mean, he's it's just no. He's just not going to make the grade at Celtic. It's plain and simple. He's probably a nice guy. I, I feel like I'm going on about Mikey Johnson all the time, every podcast, mm-hmm. and I feel it's it's unfair. But he's getting put in to this team, and he's not good enough. He's nowhere near good enough for Celtic. He's got some ability, but he isn't consistent enough, and he's not good enough. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't. Even, loan him out, I would just sell him. Listen, you're not going to lose out on him because he came up through the, the sort of youth ranks, so just take whatever you can get from him, and thanks thanks for your service, Mikey, and I know you're a Celtic man, but listen, I, w- I would love to play for Celtic, but I'm not good enough. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's just how it is, plain and simple. And then Tilio, um, a guy, a guy. What we laughing so at bad, here? Man. He's trying. I like it. I like the effort. Oh my god! I Michael <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> god. What's Michael Jackson's <laughs> favorite activity day on holiday? Ski. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake! <laughs> um, I will never do that again. I tell you, <laughs> I've not seen enough of the guy again, but but we seem it seems like we're bringing another winger in. Uh, Abada's coming yeah, back. Appreciate that. 
Oh my god. <laughs> go ahead, Ross. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, hey, aye, uh, is coming back, um, possibly signing Kuhn. Uh, we've got Palmer. We've got plenty of wingers, and he's not going to get a run in the team. It works for all the world, similar to Lager Bielka, and Rogers doesn't fancy him, but. I, I, there's a wee, there's a slight frustration with me. If Rogers doesn't fancy them, why did he green light it? Although exactly. they're far down the line, but it's it's just a wee bit like has he <coughs> has he not had a proper look at them and just thought I'll just take these guys, excuse me, and see how they go, and it's just not worked out. But I, if it is that, I don't think that's very fair because this these are people's careers that we're talking about. What's going on here? Oh, I'm there's listening. so many Michael Jackson puns, isn't there? That's all I'm planning. I can't have totally lost my train of thought. Uh, you said you were, you you said you were frustrated by Rodgers. Aye, yeah. aye. But listen, that, if he's green-lighted them without properly looking at them, then it's a bit unfair. Now he's just wanting to maybe get rid of them and loan them out. This is guys' careers. Like they didn't need to come to Celtic. Listen, of course these guys want to come to Celtic. It's a great opportunity for them. But I don't know. It's, again, you're not privy to what's actually going on behind the scenes. But and Rogers has came in there and he's assessing the squad in that first window. So I really don't know. But this this window, it's it's January. So I don't expect us to bring in any more than probably two players, which will no please a big chunk of the fans <clears throat> but you have to get real eh, and understand what sort of window we're operating in here Rogers, hopefully he'll properly come to the fore and properly be back in the summer but just to add a couple of wee bits eh, that we'll probably go into what, what we think we need in this window but I think if we get two in in this window and as Willie said he, he thinks that it's more important to like tram the squad. I think it absolutely is important. I think it's just important, just as important to get a couple of bodies in. But as long as as long as we do that and trim the squad, then I'll be I'll be more than happy. But and I and I think that Tilio has to has to be part of that. He's he's not shown enough, and it would probably benefit him. Eh, again, like like Gabrielka going out and loan and maybe playing more football like Quan. Uh, I don't know. Has he been linked with anybody? Maggie? Uh, uh, no, Telio. Not. I think it's back to Australia. It looks more likely. There's uh, no other uh, clubs. I don't think around. I, I mean, well, he could make the move. He could make the move in the Scottish Premiership. Uh, well, see, it's similar to what we were talking about earlier. Like, say, Ayer going to um, Kilmarnock, Christie going to Aberdeen, Scales going to Aberdeen. I think if memory serves me, Tom Rogic came to Celtic and then he went back to Australia, back on loan yep. for a wee bit, and then he came back and he was an absolute sensation. So, uh, listen, you're, you're not right until you off. Maybe, maybe he'll do that because when uh, Rogic came in and wasn't really playing and that, and then he went away, you thought, this is another one of these guys, it's a waste of money. And he comes back and he's like one of the best Celtic players I've seen technically uh, in my life, uh, in, in my lifetime. So Telio might go away and he, he might get better and come back and do what Rogic done. 
I mean, you have to caveat that with the fact that he might come back and just not make the grade. But this is what happens. It's Celtic are they operate in a, a market where you're gonna get probably almost as many hits as you get misses. And you just have to hope that Ah, <laughs> uh, you just have to hope that they'll they'll get more hits than misses, but you just have to accept at the same time that you will you won't get everyone right because we're the the the, the market we're sort of operating in and the the budget that we we have and the league that we're bringing these players to it's difficult to attract people who you can pretty much guarantee are going to be great players for the club. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. We'll come on to the, the recruitment side of things. And what you were saying about Kilio potentially going out and loan, I think it's probably the best option for him. I think he's basically said that on Australian TV, and he even said, well, he did. Fe- he feels the fittest that he's ever done, robust, that type of thing. He's he's referenced the training and the stuff itself, like kind of bringing him to a new level. But just at this moment, he's about twenty, and it does, he's not going to break in. I wouldn't say colour losses and sell him. I, I agree with Ross totally. If he can go back to Australia to a club again maybe 18 months and, and then come back again and then try get into the team that way. I think that's a fantastic move. But the comments, again, I do want to say are an absolute fire. There's been some cracking puns and jokes coming in about MJ. And it is a bit of a joke, Willie, that he's still with the club, in my opinion. I know he scored. Recently, he scored a double. And people were going, maybe he's going to kick on again. But it's the same old story. And the, the week after that, again, he, he's pacing Greg Taylor shouting at him to track back. And, and you just see his level where he's at. And I know... Rogers gave him the confidence boost by saying he's one of the best academy products he's ever seen come out of Celtic, which is probably true in a, in a roundabout way in terms of skill technique, but definitely not consistency. Definitely not doing over a long period of time. And, and Mikey done well in Portugal, so I'm thinking a warmer climate, European club might suit him better. Yeah, I mean, we've all said it till we're blue in the face that he's had um, numerous opportunities and he's, he's he, I mean, he's just not got there. The only reason he's had a chance in the team this year is because of the countless injuries we've had. But um, the problem is we've still got people out and now people are away at the Asia, Asia Cup. So it's difficult this January because Mikey Johnson's probably f- fourth choice or something, third or fourth choice in the wing at the moment because we've got people away and Maeda and all that's away. So it's a difficult time to possibly get rid. I don't think, I don't think we will get rid of him in January. I think I think he might go in the we'll summer. I think we'll keep him. This, I think we'll keep him to the end of the season. I just think with the way the squad is at the moment, like Sotelio and that aren't going to sniff either. Um, right now, Maeda and Yang are away. We're, we're sitting with, what have we got? Abada's back fit, uh, Palma. And then behind that, we've only got, what, Forrest and Johnston. Am I missing anybody else? Mm. So, so yeah, Yang. So, oh, well. So, well, he's away. He's at the Asia aye, Cup yeah. as well. So oh, aye. We're struggling aye, for, right enough, aye. So we're actually struggling for... Uh, depth in the position at the moment, unless we bring one or two in. Obviously, Kuhn's going to... It looks like he's ready to sign in the dotted line, so... But, uh, yeah, I don't think they'll let him go because of that. <clears throat> uh, and, obviously, Rogers obviously still thinks there is a player in there, um, and he's showed glimpses this year, but um, he's just not... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've said it a hundred <coughs> times before, and I'll say it a hundred times again, he's he's had countless chances, and he's just not good enough, unfortunately. Uh but yeah, I think I, th- I still think I think it'll be similar to the first half of the season. I think he'll stay. He'll get he'll get game time here and there. But I think we should we should probably be looking to get rid in, in the summer. 
Uh, with Tilio, it's a strange one again, but it's much like Idaguchi and all the rest of them. They've came in with promise, and you see the you see the fucking Amido Baldi YouTube clips where it's it looks brilliant for a minute and a half because you're seeing all his best stuff, but um, he's just not he's just not cut it. And it's interesting you say there about I never knew that Tilio's came out and said he's, he feels the strongest and fittest he's been because it was only a matter of weeks ago Rogers was saying he's. He's nowhere near fitness wise in, yeah. in the training and all the rest of it. So obviously there's a bit of a, a difference of opinion there and and between him and the manager, which is is definitely not going to be um in his favour if that's the case. And listen, as much as we can say, like I'll sit here and say, and I've got my opinion on everything, but I trust the manager implicitly. And if he doesn't think Tilio's good enough to get ahead of James Forrest and Michael Johnson, then he's no good enough for Celtic. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And see, to be fair, mm. we could have sat and talked about the whole trans, the summer transfer window previously, and what players are going to move on, and like and likes of James Carvery, but that would have took up a whole podcast. And no public people want to get on to the news incomings. But before we get to our Willie, let's talk about <laughs> Neil Bannon. There's been a lot of talk online, social media. Stephen McGowan brought out a piece, and he's usually quite reliable, but it looked like he brought out a piece, kind of the the timeline of events from his injury to coming back, and there's rumours he's unsettled. And I don't want to obviously go into what's going on in, in, in the countries and that. And that's probably affecting. We all know where we all stand as a majority of a supporter base. I'm not I'm not saying I'm speaking on behalf of everybody here, but there there's a constant rumor, there's a constant chat that Leila Bada wants away. There's there's also a rumor it may be a low move that could be possible for him, which again I just don't quite understand. If he's wanted the club that bad, what has actually happened? And Rogers come out a couple of schools saying he's happy and he's happy with a new contract that he signed. And, and then there was talk after the St. Mary game, he walked straight down the tunnel apparently, didn't get involved with the, the celebrations and, and things like that. That's what I've seen. So I, I don't know here. What, what do you think's going on? And, and could Celtic afford to let Leila Bada go with the numbers and, and stats he provides? No, I, I think even if we had plenty of depth, I still wouldn't want to be letting him go. I think he's a fantastic prospect. Um, if he, if he, stays the majority of his contract and, and does what he's done the first couple of seasons he's been here, he'll sell him for stupid money. So I think it'd be crazy. Um, obviously, if he's got stuff going on, that's a different case. But I um, that we had the same situation in the summer. Everybody was saying he's away and he's sold and all the rest of it, and that wasn't the case. I reckon a bit like a bit like the Hitati thing the other night where um, he was crying on pitch and everybody's like, oh, that's his last game, he's away. But he was actually emotional because he's been on an injury. Abada's probably the same. He's been out of the game for a, a, a number of months now. He'd be wanting to get going. I reckon if he was in the, if he didn't get injured and he was the same rich, veiny form as Matt O'Reilly and scored however many goals and got however many assists, we wouldn't be having this conversation now. I just think once he gets back in and he gets a run of games and he gets amongst the goals again, this rumour will be absolute, like, Rearview Manor an absolute nonsense again. I, <coughs> I, 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 I think it's nonsense. I think he will, especially with Maeda being away, he will be in that first 11 every week for the foreseeable. And I think he'll score a number of goals and he'll be brilliant for us again this season. I don't see him leaving. Yeah, there's definitely like John Mulaney, was it Mulaney? Sorry, he says here, Ross, there's definitely something being cooked behind the scenes by media or by whoever is involved in all this. And it's quite... I mean, some of it is quite disgusting. Obviously, it came out today that he knows people affected by the conflict, and, and look, that that's fair enough. But using that as headlines, using that as clickbait, 
and using that to, to make a player unsettled or trying to <laughs> emphasize that he wants to move away when that hasn't been confirmed by either party. Again, it's speculation here and, and Plunge McNugget came in and said it's been denied and if we go back up the comments and I'll throw this to you, uh, Michael Mitchell said, gut feeling, do you think Abada will be a Celtic player at the end of the transfer window and also for what you would have said to Willie, where do you stand in this whole current thing surrounding him? I think it's just because he's from Israel and the, the media are just blowing this out of proportion. And I think, him, from my opinion, I think Rogers and Abad have had a, a chat. It's been settled. And it, Rogers wouldn't come out and say he's happy if Abad is feeling indifferent or he wants to leave. I don't think that conversation would have took place. And then Rogers telling shit about it. That's the truth, in my opinion. So the media are up to some dodgy tricks here, my, from from my point of view. Um, I think they are. I, I think they're sort of jumping on the back of... Was it the Israel? I think it was the Israel manager had maybe said uh, previously about him um, needing to leave Celtic. And then I think there was, I don't know if there was a teammate even more recently had sort of urged him to be looking to leave Celtic. But to answer, was it Michael Mitchell you said to answer his question? Um, I think my gut feeling is that he will be at Celtic. Um, I I think, as Plunge McNugget said, it has been denied that he's. looking to get out of the club. I don't listen. They're they're obviously they're obviously the issues, the 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 stuff going on in Palestine and stuff like that and Israel, but I don't think um Abada can base his career on that. It's 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 not Celtic as a club. It's obviously certain sections of the sport are supporting Palestine and he's for Israel, but listen, that's that's an, another matter completely for what he's doing in his career. And right now, he's just back for injury and he's looking to make his way back into the team. And he's got, as well as I said, he's going to have a real opportunity to get a good run of games and get his fitness back up to full speed with Maeda being away. And I, I think he will come in and he'll do that and he'll thrive. And I, I think he'll be like a new signing for us in the second half of the season. Obviously, we've had him for a wee while now, but in terms of this season, if you look at it, we've not had him. So mm-hmm. for to have a bad as an option, for the second half of the season, which is the business end of the season, then I think Celtic would be absolutely crazy to let them go. Obviously, it might be taking out of their hands if, if they've got a player that really wants to leave. But I don't see that. I know that obviously people have said <clears throat> um, that he went down the tunnel at, um, after the St Mirren game. Maybe he's... Obviously, the, the, the players go and... And I'm not. This is not a, a slant in the Green Brigade, by the way. But obviously, the players go and they celebrate in front of the Green Brigade and stuff like that. And as you said, Stephen, he's got people, or he knows people that have been affected in the uh, the atrocities over there. And he maybe just wants to distance himself from all that because the, there'll That's be people point. in his country who say, "Why are you sort of celebrating with people that support Palestine, so he's just taking himself away from that situation, probably Brendan Rodgers has said to him, look don't go over there when we're doing that, obviously have a clap the fans or whatever, but don't go over and celebrate in front of the Green Brigade because it it just, it adds fuel to the fire and he doesn't need to do that, he just needs to get his head down and play play football and I think that's, personally I think that's what he will do in the second half of the season and everything else will just be blocked out because that's what he needs to do because he's a professional. I think if there was ever an indicator of where we stand with Abada is when he came on in the Derby game and that reception 
he received when he came onto the pitch. Exactly. And as a as a professional football player, I'm sure he felt that as well. Felt that from the stands. We support him. He's a Celtic player first and foremost. Do you know what I mean? He represents Absolutely. our club. And <clears throat> I've I've loved the battle the time he's been here, and I hope he stays longer. From my point of view, Willie, I think it's a bit it's a bit of a bad it's a bit shit. And I'm not going to try and find posh words for it when I actually can't. That you've is is really managers putting pressure on him to leave and I'm sure like that's obviously going to affect him because he like regardless, he obviously loves representing his national team, like the, the way near Beaton did and, and things like that. So he's feeling as Ross said, he's feeling pressure from all angles and that must be tough to get your head around because on the other hand you want to be with your teammates but then you're going to create a media storm you're going to get hate from the country you're born in and it's it's a cast 22 really isn't it he's stuck between a, a rock and a hard place yeah obviously it's a tough time for him and he's still a member he's still a young lad he's not a he's only what 20 21 um but i mean if i was if i was him i'd just be getting my head down try to get fit again get in the team and do what i do best um and then a lot of these problems will just kind of disappear. Uh, if he does what he does best, as the as manager, I'll no, I'll no drop him for the team. And I see if he um, stays injury-free between now and the end of the season, even though he's missed half the season, I would put money on that he'll be our top, one of our top three or four top goal scorers in the squad because he's got that ability. And um, we've seen it plenty of times where he drifts into the back post and gets goals. He's got such a knack. Um, all our wingers, he's obviously a totally different player for the likes of Palman and stuff. Um, he's for me and the team, other than Kyogo, he's probably our biggest goal threat. So, yeah, listen, get get your head down, play your football, and all the rest will, will, will come good. Obviously, all the atrocities and that's so that's a, a different matter, but. With regards to his football and the Israeli national team and all the rest of it, if he's doing the business for Celtic, there's, he'll, he'll, he'll get picked for Israel. That'll all take care of itself. Um, but obviously, as us as football fans, and I say it all the time with signings and all the rest of it as well, we don't see... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <coughs> Absolutely bang on. Um, we don't see all that personal side of things and we just these guys are robots and they should be performing week in, week out. But... <coughs> This stuff is always going to affect the young lad. But I honestly think you'll see it'll be like a new signing this season because we missed him. We've missed him badly this year. He'll come in mm. and if he stays if he stays injury free, he'll score goals for fun for us between now and the end of the season. We've missed him yeah. badly. Aye. <laughs> oh God. That's I mean Oh Jesus Christ. I don't know where to start with that one. McF- McFarlane wins tonight. Like McFarlane wins one on one here, but there's a, there, there's a few c- contrasting comments. And look again, I bring up every comment, and okay, I, I mean Jed comes in. I don't think it's Jed Thomas. It's not him. Uh, being realistic, yeah. why would a battle stay? Coming out of the tunnel and being faced with all those Palestinian flags, I would not stay. That's fair enough, Jed. You're entitled to your own opinion on that front. Pat Santos, let's be honest. The battle is a good young player, and this Celtic fans waving. What is political is not good enough. And if I was a bad, I'd be away long ago. So there's people among our fan base that do probably understand and sympathise where he's coming from. So, I mean, it's good to see, hear both sides of the arguments and it'll always be welcome on the End of Cells podcast as well. But, I mean, there's a player, Ross, that could be incoming and people are saying, is it to replace a bad? It's <coughs> Nicholas Kuhn. Kuhn. 
I believe he's from Rapid Vienna. He's a winger, predominantly right-sided, but can play across the, the number 10 on the left. I think his stats are something like this season, 22 appearances, 7 goals and 3 assists. He's also represented um, Ajax, Bayern Munich, a uh, couple of teams like that. Obviously, didn't work out for him at them clubs, but he's been a star man for Rapid Vienna. The rumour is £3 million pounds or €3 million Euros that Celtic have negotiated for him. And then, on the other hand, people are saying, is this a direct replacement for Abada because he's right-sided and basically same profile as him in terms of goals and assists at, at his at parent club at is the he, moment. Is he right-sided? I thought he was yeah, he's right-sided. I thought he was playing the left for what I've seen. I thought he played in the left, eh? Is he that? Well, whatever side he is, he can play across the front three and there's ah, people ah, saying... Well, well, uh, um, listen, I, I don't think it'll be... A, well, I've obviously already said that I think Abada will still be here come the end of the, the window, so... That being said, I would have to then say that I don't think he's going to be a direct replacement for him, but it might well be that he is. It might transpire that, excuse me, that Abada does want to go. <coughs> Again, it's not something we're privy to, we're just we're sort of guessing, but in terms of the guy, we spoke about him last week, yep. and I didn't really know much about him. I've seen, that, well, it was a five-minute YouTube a video his best bits I got to about two minutes and the tune was doing my boxing and it was just the same <laughs> what kind tune of stuff was it? so oh, I can't even mind but it was just it, it was just the same old pish that you see on YouTube you can you can never properly make a or make a proper judgement on a player again until they're in and playing for Celtic and you, you see what they can do then but in terms of I think I might be wrong, but I, I think he's a left-sided player, and he he looks. I, I seen somebody online. I don't know who it was, but it's somebody online saying that he's essentially Tilio, um, just German. the way he plays. Which and Tilio never made it, but I mean, I think Tilio's no, he's no done the business. But I think that's the type of player that we are missing at the minute. A, a guy who is direct and runs at players. Palmer can run at players, but he's not a dribbler. He comes inside, playing off the, the left-hand side. And I spoke about it last week. You get that overload because Greg Taylor's playing as an inverted fullback. And when teams are playing deep, it's it, it, it's just no, it's no working. We need to hit the byline more. And if this guy can come in and be more direct and hit the byline, and he's got the quality of Palmer's delivery on a cross, then will be all the better for it. It gives us another option and it stretches defences when they are playing deep. We really need that because it's been really apparent from the first half of the season that when we come inside, if we don't get an early goal, teams start falling into their shape and everything's in front of them and they can sort of deal with it. You've seen the St Mirren game. Um, the first goal we spoke about uh, when... McGregor picks it up and the, the, he just plays it into Matt O'Reilly and then he plays it in through the lines into Maeda. Maybe maybe Kuhn can offer that on the other side. And, and listen, I'm not saying he's going to take Palmer's place because Palmer's come in and he's done quite well. But without knowing enough about the guy, it looks like a different option for what we've got out there at the minute. I'm not saying a better option but a different option and I think a different option is what we need 
to to give us more variety in our attacking and our options in the attacking third of the field. Um, I don't listen. I don't think he's going to be a jota, but he's, he looks to me like a more direct winger, and I think we need that mm-hmm. in the team. So I'd be happy without seeing enough of him that he's signing on the face of what I think he might be. For, from the one I've seen of him, Willie, like what Ross said, he can eliminate players, go by them, <laughs> also pr- provide assist. And again, whether it's left or right, he cuts in and he likes a shot like m- most of our wingers do. And Sean the Mac is kind of echoing what Ross said about variation in the play. There's a few shots in the comments for this. Could we put Mieta for the middle while, just for example, Kyogo's having a dip or he, he's on the bench? And we'll have two wingers now. We'll have Kuhn with Palma playing Mieta there. So it does offer different variations of attack. And then, on the other hand, and I'm going to come to you, Ross, because I'm actually interested in what you spoke about to say. I think it was Pat was saying the fees, £2.8 million. Pounds, Celtic need to up the ante. Now, you're going to get this because of the fee again. It's not six, seven, eight, nine million pounds. But from what I can tell, from what I've read, and it's very little, if I'm honest, much like Ross, he seems to be a key man for Rapid Vienna. He's providing the assist, the goals. He's an excellent winger by, by accounts and all the stats I've read on Twitter. £2.8 million pounds might be the market value for that league. That that could be just that Rapid Vienna probably aren't in a financial position to say no. So you do get fans who would say that about the fee, much like myself. But again, with Kuhn, Obviously, if we get rid of Johnson, get rid of Tilio, and kind of offload the, the, the Deadwood, as we spoke about at the start of the podcast, I think, to me, it'd be, it'd be another good addition to have in the, in the ranks. Is that for Ross? Is that to me, sorry? No, Willie. I thought oh, you well. said you were going back to Ross about it. No, uh, no, I was going, I'm going back to Ross about the fee. That's what I meant. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the, with the Maeda thing, I, I totally I can't <coughs> get where everybody's coming from. I mean, the manager, the whole pre-season... Um, Stuck my head up top at points, and then even the even the beginning of the season, he was taking Kyogo off for half an hour to go and leaving my head on and putting him up top. So yeah, that's definitely an option. Um, but regards to Kuhn, again, you know me like many others, I, I, I I've not got a scooby do, uh, and I won't until I see him. Like everybody's been saying in the chat, YouTube can make you look like um, Prime Zidane or whatever. Um, I could put clips up myself and make myself look like that good. Uh, and with regards to the directness, I mean, I, I think that is definitely something we are lacking. Um, <laughs> uh, definitely wow. something we are lacking. Um, again, with the YouTube thing, I could I could upload clips of <coughs> Yang and just his time at Celtic and make a five-minute clip and make him look brilliant and direct and all the rest of it. So I'm not going to go off that. But by what I'm reading, he seems to be um, seems to be a decent talent. Uh, what I would say about this as well is Rogers is going to have had a massive say in this signing, so he can definitely be judged on this signing a hundred percent. And it looks like it, it's a man he wants. So again, like I said earlier, it's, I, I trust him implicitly. Um, and th- I mean that's the Glasgow Celtic way. We want wingers that try to take fullbacks on and yep. hit the line or come inside and. Uh, if that's what he's going to bring, then brilliant. But again, like he, he could be another Tilio. Like, we won't know until we see him in the flesh and see him in the hoops and see what he does for the club. But um, yeah, it's exciting to see um, players come in. I've been saying it. A lot of people are saying that our defensive frailties we need to sort out. I actually don't think we've been that bad defensively this year. I said it on the special and, and when we've discussed it previous, I think it's actually... 
Um, going forward, and probably the wingers, I know we've had injuries, but the wingers at the moment, where we've we're creating like 20, 20 odd chances a game, and we're not we're not like pitting teams away like we won maybe at the start of the season or or maybe under Ange. So for me, that's where I'd be looking to strengthen. I don't remember talk about where we want to look to strengthen, but um, so yeah, it's exciting to see him come in. When it comes when it comes to the the fee, I, I, like I'm sick of saying this. I, like I couldn't give a flying fuck about. I couldn't care if we've spent a hundred quid on on Kyogo or a hundred million on him. He's quality. So I, like for me, the fee <coughs> the fee is. I don't understand why you would want to pay X amount for a player when you can get him for cheaper and. I know they're saying we need to get a player at that valuation, but the valuations for different players, depending on contracts and all the rest of it, all differ. And it's like I just think that people get so <laughs> people get so fixated on a transfer fee for a player. I don't understand it. Like I say, I couldn't care less about the fee. I just want quality coming in. And like I say, the perfect example would be even like Larson, who's paid six hundred fifty grand for. If we paid that for him or a hundred million. Like I, I, I couldn't care less as long as he's good enough. And that, that's like, yeah. I just, it's a bee in my bonnet about this fixation on a on a transfer fee a player. I don't understand it. I, I think it's more to do with what we have in the bank. I, we've discussed that previously at Lamp and different podcast. Ross and you're sitting there with seventy two million in, in the bank, and people are going two point eight million euros. Is not really a big chunk of that, but. From what I can tell, anyway, and, and the sources you see on Twitter, Stephen McGowan, who's usually reliable, saying this is one of Rodgers and Celtic's top target. Yeah. They've pushed ahead. They've got the deal done. And you can't really turn your nose up, up at it, especially when you know Rodgers is the one who wanted this deal to happen. Aye. Uh, listen, I, I'm like Willie. The, the fixation on fees and this probably the last... <laughs> More so the last six months, so like say for the summer until now, the fixation on fees is absolutely remarkable. Listen, I know we we spent six million <coughs> on Carter Vickers and we spent six million on Jota, right? And the two of them turned out good players. But then you, you look at it and nobody was complaining, what was it, two years ago now, I think, when we signed Hatate, we signed Matt O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. I think it was two two years ago in January. Lamar Riley was 1.8 million. Hatati was like 2 million or something. Nobody was going on about the fees then. Yeah. And these players have ended up top players for Celtic and probably will leave for large amounts. So, like Wally, I, I'm not really bothered how much they cost. You look at it and it doesn't... It doesn't sort of get you totally excited because you know nothing about the guy then the fee isn't huge so it's no it's no getting the sort of igniting the fire in your belly if you like where like if we signed I don't know somebody for Wolves or something that people had heard and had seen and he was going to be 5 million be like oh he's got to be class but you have to give these guys a chance it's listen I, I, I said this in the summer and I've sort of got egg on my face a wee bit, but I, I never said these guys were going to be great in the summer. I just said that you have to give them a chance. Some of them have worked out, some of them haven't. Again, the fee doesn't bother me in the slightest. I just want the guy to come in, and if he's good and he plays well, then you can sit here and go, we've got this guy at a snap, a quality player. 
Whereas if you sign him for five million, you played well. You go well. That's you cost five Very million. Expected. That's what he's worth. That's what you expected. But I, I don't know. I, I just I don't like to get in a downer and get all like caught up because he's only two point eight million. I mean two point eight million pound. That's all like bloody money, really. But when you talk about the grand scheme of what Celtic have got in the bank, keep people keep going on about this and like uh, saying like Celtic spent like six million pound twenty years ago in Hearts and Sutton and Lennon and all that and it's 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 a totally different time. It is not comparable for me. The the, the level of player that we were able to get for six million pound, we would have to spend <coughs> thirty, forty, fifty, sixty million to get that level of player in this window now to 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 allow us to do what they guys done for us in this sort of European stage uh, again I'll just go back to it the fee doesn't bother me just come in and do well and hopefully that's that's what he'll do see with that as well like I think Ross agrees yep. with me I, I, I would well I would I would suggest that Ross is we're not saying that if there's a quality player out there that's worth 15 million we shouldn't sign them like I'm happy like go mm-hmm. for it but what I'm saying is I'm not like I'm no bother if they're spending one million on a player or fifteen on a player. And it's funny how you mentioned when you mentioned like the Hartsons and Suttons and Lennons and that, and even even like say Ayetis and Julians, we've spent big money on. I can never remember a time anybody getting so fixated on the transfer fee. Mm-hmm. Nobody was bothered about it. It just seems like now everybody's so fixated that we need to spend X amount on a, a player. I, I don't. I, I just don't understand the fixation on the fee. Um, I could I could sit here and rhyme you off twenty players that cost absolute fortunes that were fucking mince, and I could also mm. give you players that were next to nothing. They like to say Tony Cross went to Real Madrid for like fifteen million or so, twelve million or something like that. Like absolute steals, and it's not because he's no quality. Like he should, he would go for eighty million. Uh, you know what I mean? So I just don't right. understand the fixation on the fee. But uh, by the way, you have to. Sorry, Stephen. I was just going to say, well, he's made the point there that well, you can rhyme off guys that we've spent a lot of money on and they've been shite, and then guys that we've not spent a lot of money on and they've been brilliant. You have to obviously Aye, say vice that. Versa. Aye. Vice <coughs> versa. But that that goes back to what I was saying earlier, where the market we 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 work, we operate in, you're going to have almost as many duds. I say duds. That's the wrong word, but. You're going to have almost as many players that aren't going to work out as what are. It just so happens that we've had probably a run in the last year a more people that haven't worked out than have, and that that that's what has to change. And I believe it will change. But whether that's on Mark Law or whatever, I don't know. But it's we're, we're, we've went through a, a wee run a not getting it quite right but it's not because of the fees it's just the players haven't worked out it's whether it's bad scouting or whatever but if we could go and spend <coughs> this on this guy and he could be brilliant and then people forget about the fee yeah, that affirms if, what we're saying sorry Stephen again so that, that reaffirms <laughs> what we're saying about no bothering about the fee though what you're saying you're totally agree it's vice versa we've spent little money on players that have succeeded and big money on players that haven't, but we've also spent little money on players that haven't succeeded, and big money on players that have. That's why the fee doesn't bother me. 
because aye, it doesn't matter. Aye, it doesn't. It's all about it's the, the performance, and it's all the rest of it that goes with it as well. We've already talked about it the night and how people settle into the country and the, and the team and all the rest of it. There's so many different variables going into a transfer. It's not just a matter of well, if you get a t- pen spend ten million, he's going to be quality. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, I think as well though you made the argument. In, in regards to the fees previously for, for Sutton, Hardson, £6 million, and he landed as well at, at, at them periods of time. I think what people are probably frustrated with, and Pat, who's probably a, he's a new commenter, but welcome along, haven't seen you in the podcast before, he's adamant that we should be signing three or four players at £10 million to make an impact and win the SPL and then recoup £60 million by getting into the, the new newly revamped Champions League. So... The frustration for me is probably from us not moving with the times. Six million pounds in 2000 and 2001, we should be spending, now look, I'm not saying us, but double that, maybe 12 million pounds now on, on one or two transfers a season. That's where I think the frustration is happening and people are going, we're playing in the same kind of field where it's two, look, again, I think Nicholas Cotton will, will be a good sign from what I've seen on him, but what I'm saying is the 2.8 million fee is underwhelming to a lot of people. And look, I get what you and Ross are saying in terms of you're not bothered by the transfer fee, but can you understand why people are going, yeah. we're playing around in this market a lot? Yeah, but why, what, I why not say, like, what, I would, what I would say back to that is, though, at that time, I think player, I, I, I believe, this is just my opinion, obviously people are different and that's great, this is what this is all about, it's about debate. But for me, back at that time, we had a massive TV deal and we had much more, I know we've got <clears> money in the, in the coffers now, but we had a massive TV deal back then, so we had that money. That was like, a, that's a massive thing compared to now, where we've got pittance for the TV deal money. Secondly, the likes of see the likes of Hartson, it's a totally different market, in my uh, opinion. Now. See the likes of Hartson and Sutton and all these guys. If we took somebody for Chelsea now, like we did with Sutton, and he he was a prem, an ex Premier League winner, and it just didn't work out, we're having to pay 50, 60, 70 million for this player. No six or seven, whatever it was we paid for Sutton. It's a totally different transfer market now. We've discussed it. Right. Like saying Newcastle signed a young boy for Chelsea that I, I, I had barely made, I, I didn't even know if he made a first team appearance for Chelsea and they're paying like 30, 40 million for him. Like we, Celtic can't, we, we can't compete with that. And also, I firmly, firmly believe that football is it's a totally different game now in the fact that back then, yeah, he's right. He's totally right, John. He's right. Um, right. Back then, I feel like players um, had a bit more respect for our club and the league that we play in. But also, these players, because the, like, the money is not nowhere near as what it was now. And I'm not saying they didn't get paid, because they obviously did. But it was more about winning trophies and competing in Champions Leagues and all the rest of it. Whereas now, players... I'd like <coughs> I'd rather play for for Sunderland for five years and make fifty grand a week than go to Celtic and I'll play in the Champions League, but I'm only going to get ten grand a week. And I just think that player that's the mindset of players now. I just think it's a totally different game. It's a totally different environment. So I do take on board and I understand the argument, but I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's a fair comparison in my in my opinion. By the way, I agree with that. Like I take on board the comparison. You made the point there, Stephen, obviously, Cowton talking about Hartson and Sutton and that costing £6 million and we should move with the times and pay £12 million on, on a player now. But 
12 that million stuff pounds. just be a, a plucked out of the uh, mind. No, like, I know, I know that, mind. but like that, that, that sort of that sort of fee is like the the high, probably the highest end of what Celtic mm-hmm. would be able to pay. They've never paid any in that region before. Um, I just think that that sort of fee doesn't get you that level of player now. Although I think you can move with the times, but the that that sort of Champions League level that we're talking about, if you want to get a Champions League ready player, he's not costing you £12 million. He's costing you £20 million, £30 million. That's a Champions League ready player. Champions League ready players don't come to Celtic. I don't think that that sort of £12 million fee doesn't get you, like Willie said, an ex-Premier League winner. It's Football, the landscape of football has changed drastically in that and Willie makes the exact point I was going to make in terms of talking about um, fuck's sake just don't mind like (laughs) 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 I can't remind what I was going to say but it was off the back of Willie's point I was was agreeing with Willie (laughs) I'm looking at the comments here and obviously people are talking about when Yaman 900k John Van Dyke was 2 million um, all our Frimpong and Musa Dembele, the likes of these guys as well. When the, I mean, I'll come back to you, Ross, since you forgot where you were. Maybe this will, will trigger a wee, a wee memory on, on the path here. You mentioned yeah. recruitment and Mark Lowell earlier on the podcast, and I've seen look, I've seen a lot of content online from Celtic supporters saying, "Take your your eyes away from the board a minute." They they've given a lot of the amount of money for the transfer department. Mark Lowell and his recruitment team, and as you rightly said, have give us a lot of shape in the last possibly year and a half bar one or two players. So when does that fall on him? And then when, I mean, roundabout way, should he be removed from position? Because his track record is probably below 30% in terms of what he's brought into Celtic. And Rodgers has come in, he's praised the recruitment policy, but then again, he came out recently and said, we need more quality and this and that. So he's kind of back, not backtracking, but he's saying we should assign more quality. Do, do you think Mark Lowell has a lot to answer for and his staff under him in terms of scouting and, and getting these players through the door? Um, but, well, uh, on the evidence of what's been brought in in the last... Uh, has he been in, in situ for about a year now? On the evidence... Yeah, year, year and a uh, half. Year and a half, I uh, think. Well, on the evidence of what he's brought in <coughs> for the most part, if it's, if it's all been him that's took uh, these... or put these players to the manager... You can't sit here and say that it's been a success. It's not, but I'm not. I'm not calling for the guy to lose his job, not by any stretch. But I think people keep going on about uh, they need to be Rogers guys and stuff like that. So I think probably in terms of, I, I think I was going to say. Kind of, you can start judging obviously Lowell for before, but I think for here going forward now, working alongside Rogers, we can start making a judgment because the Rogers is no for me brought in any his own players properly yet. I don't think maybe Nav Navrocki a push, but I think in the next two windows, if it doesn't go well, um, I think you you'd have to be looking at. One, Mark Lowell. Two, depending on the results off the back of the poor recruitment, possibly Rodgers a year down the line. But, I mean, 
I'm not advocating by any stretch for Rogers to lose his job. I'm just obviously thinking a bit further down the line. But um, aye, it's not been a success for Mark Law and he needs to start doing it, doing his job a bit better. I, I think, was it Lee Congerton we had in at one point? And yeah, he was Lee a, Congerton, He was yeah. a disaster. He came in, I think he came in off the back of John Park and Congerton was a disaster. Listen, for me, I would I would move heaven and earth to get John Park back because his hit rate was absolutely outstanding for me. Certainly, not a Rangers, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But he was Agent, <laughs> Agent Park, Agent Park. But um, <laughs> uh, uh, Lennon's first spell, I think he brought in a, a lot of good players. Uh, at, at that time, you look at it. Obviously, we were a wary guys like um, Ledley. Uh, not so much Adam Matthews, but then you, you brought guys in. I think we'd brought in Key, um, Kyle, guys like that. And they were all really good players. Big successes at Celtic. I think he, need, he needs to start getting the hit rate on signings better. I don't know if this uh, Kuhn has been scouted by Mark Law and taken to Rogers or Rogers knowing about him. We'll, we'll not be privy to that, but Certainly, whether it's Mark Law, Celtic as a whole eh, need to start getting the, the recruitment better. And that's no by spend just spending six, seven, eight, nine million pounds on guys that are still you still don't know at that at that price for me whether it would be a success or not. It's again it goes back to just if you think they're quality, get them in, whatever the fee is, obviously within reason. Um, I but I'm not saying lose your job, uh, lose your job for Mark Law. But if he doesn't start getting it right soon, then there has to be a conversation had. But whether that will happen is another thing because it's obviously your man's lad in it. <laughs> I've seen in the comments as well there, like what you said, a uh, big red. Willie was saying any other position in life, working environment, if you come up with them results, you're you're out the door. And I tend to agree. And Ross, I know you're not advocating for him to lose his job, but his hit rate for me is terrible. You mentioned John Park. <laughs> he was excellent. Lee Congerton was a shambles. And then Nick Hammond we had for a while. And people like that just to fill gaps. And they were just brutal at that job. And Mark Lowell, to me, has slowly fallen into that bracket, Willie. Lanky said something there that was interesting. I want to ask you. He said he was watching the overlap. And they were speaking just in a bit, Just a bit of Aye, they were speaking in the episode about who should have the final say, head of recruitment, director of football, or a manager. So, I mean, since you're about to bring it up, you, you take it away what you think, and then also, when does it fall on Mark Lawwell and his team to, to blame Aye. for the recruitment? I was just about to bring it up. It's my second favourite podcast after this one, obviously, that the stick to football overlap. It's, it's absolutely superb, and it, it was a transfer window special, and Neville just kind of said, right, who's who should be in charge of transfers? And the likes of Joe Scott and Ian Wright were like, well, it's the manager. And, and it was interesting because Neville's obviously, he, he's an owner or a part owner of Salford. So he was kind of coming for the owner's side and he's like, well, that's my money. Um, I've got a whole recruitment team. Why should the manager, um, <laughs> I'm really lanky, uh, why should the manager be, you know, in charge of that? But then all the, the conversation kind of went on and, and it's exactly what you're saying. Like the manager can get eight months in a job and get punted because he's not done a good enough job or the signings haven't even good enough, but you never hear about the recruitment. 
getting sacked after eight months. They're they're in the job. So it's a really it was a really really interesting debate. And um, I mean, it's got to be questioned. Like like, uh, like you were saying, if if you're not performing your job, then. Uh, but I mean, how long has Lowell been in? Is this is it just one window? About a year and a half. Just, year and no, so, he, two windows. He came in. Postal call lose January transfer window. We come in the last one. He had the summer, and I has and this who, January. And who did we get last January? But I think they were already earmarked. I, I don't think they really had anything to do with with well, him at so that point. Then, well, that, so then he's technically only had one, one one and a half windows. Then if they're all earmarked, then so what I would say about that is like I would I would he needs a bit more time. I, like if, I I agree if he's had another couple of windows and we're still there's there's no improvement in the eye. There needs to be questions asked. Um, but yeah, I, I would implore you if you're interested in that sort of thing, go and watch that because it's such an interesting debate. And Gary Neville's obviously really knowledgeable about all all these things, and he's mm. like your sporting director should be. He's the one that should be picking these players. But then there was all sorts of debate about how the manager has like set um, key highlights on a player. I.e., it's this. It's my philosophy is whatever high press. I don't mm. want anybody over the age of twenty four. I want this, that, that, and then the recruitment team go and do that, then bring it back to the manager, and it's like a collective thing. Like, was like their point was Pep Guardiola is no making the signings. He's got a philosophy that needs to fit these mm-hmm. uh, recruitment team. Find players that would fit the that philosophy. So see if they they're hitting every mark except except the age thing. And I I don't want them because of the, the age thing. But again, it doesn't always work out. Look at Calvin Phillips at Man City. No, doesn't he get a sniff? And he was obviously a talented player, so it doesn't always work out, even at the best, best teams. Just a really, really interesting debate. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I, everybody talks about how it needs to be Roger signings, but it's not. It's a collective thing, you know what I mean? Um, I, that's fair enough. See, to be fair, I, I think that Brendan's been fairly honest with all these sort of things this season. Um, obviously, there's certain aspects we can't. And and sit, <laughs> certain situations arise, and this is why I hate the media and I hate the rumours because, um, I mean there was a big Croatian keeper at the start of the season where it's like, Adam, but it's no, <clears throat> it might not have been a matter of that Celtic didn't go after him or didn't want to pay the fee, could be didn't want to come to the league, but we're no privy to these details. So all of a sudden it's just everybody at Celtic's fault when it might not be the case. The boy might have just said, "No, nah, I'm not fucking going there and get a hundred grand a week at Galatasaray or Fenerbahce or whatever he's went." So, I just think sometimes pointing the finger when we don't I, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't like to point the finger because I don't. I'm not privy to all the details. But that I, if Law, if if Mark Lowell's not, if we've got another couple of windows, then his his job should be on his coach should be on a sugarly peg, hundred percent. Because <laughs> I like that um, sugarly peg. <laughs> because um, again, uh, Ross alluded to it earlier. We were kind of sorted. <laughs> Is defending the right word, defending the club on the back of the, the transfer window there. But and I mean Ross saying mm-hmm. he felt a bit stupid because he feels like people are vindicated. But I was like, but you're not because you never said that they were top players. You just said give the boys a chance and let yeah. us see. And there has been a couple there that have have come that are, are starting to come through. The likes of Bernardo's and, <coughs> and I think I think the likes of Home and that could be a player. And the Rocky looks decent. We've just talked about how Lagerbielka like he's we don't think he's put much a foot wrong. So that like there is positives there, but I got I, I totally agree with everybody that the window was not good enough, um, in a position of strength where our team was absolutely flying under Ange, and we only lost Jota and Starfelt. We should have been looking to 
improve further and we didn't do that. Totally agree with that now, now that I've seen these players. Just like Kuhn, everybody's ranting and raving. Um, but none of us have ever seen him uh, on like I we can watch YouTube, but we've never seen him play like a regular over over a number of weeks to to judge him. Um so yeah, I forgot what I was saying. You keep putting the 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 aye, but we're we're gonna sign him, Jed. Don't you worry, six million. In fact, we'll just pay ten million for him so everybody can fucking shut up. <laughs> I actually sort of half hope we, we buy somebody for 15 million and he's absolutely dumb straight just so people will just stop talking about it <laughs> but uh, aye. aye for me it's like I don't think there's any one person to blame it's a collective I don't think it's like one person saying we need to sign this boy it's like it's, uh, as a collective they pick that and it needs to come down and I do think I'm not making excuses but Brendan was only just through the door and he had six weeks of pre-season or whatever it was. I think it's tough to come in and, and try to put your your stamp on things and then, and then find that that player that fits your philosophy. Because I think a number of players that were absolutely flying for Ange haven't been so much under Brendan because it's a totally new philosophy to learn. So yeah. there's so many mitigating factors. Um, but that podcast was 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 really interesting. See what I would say as well. I'd like to ask you too. Is I was, I, I'd like to say like I I want to say to Stephen especially. See if Celtic targeted a player right, and he was he was quality and wanted to sign him, and he and it was he was a twelve million pound player, for example. Do you think do you think we'd pay that right now? No, there's no evidence to say. There's no evidence to say we would. I th- I think. We would try and do what we're doing with Bernardo, what we've done with Jordan and Carter Vickers to kind of loan the, the, the buy, try before you buy. And in an ideal world, you know me, Willie, I'm always honest about it. I think we should be spending and be accumulative and speculate to accumulate and, and try them sort of sign as we once in a while. And like, I know you said they're kind of tongue in cheek, and maybe not. You hope we sign a player at 12 million pounds and they're absolutely dog sight. Look, again, this is going to be the, but this is going to be the running, the running argument for years and years. I said, like, don't break their, record fees it's going to be a chat we're going to have hopefully for years to come in, in regards to summer and, uh, and january transfer windows i for one want Celtic to push the boat out but i do understand why like don't get me wrong i understand the points of reasoning why maybe we can't do it i mean maestro 95 is in there saying wages jed thomas said a 12 million pound player would ask for 80k that was 80k and wages yeah so there as you said there's different things and different factors and maybe why we can't do that but again i don't think it's out of the the realms of, of possibility that we could do and like an, another kind of side note on the recruitment and i thought you made some great points in regards to the overlap if anyone wants to deep dive into it what's the sunderland documentary yeah you good. see every you, you you see everything and uh, there was one scene in it where the the chief recruitment or whatever guy chief scout comes out and they're looking for a striker and there's like five names, and like way down the list at the bottom was Slatan Ibrahimovic, and they're just looked at him and going, "Really?" It's, it was just quite funny. See and even, well. even, sorry, mate. See with that, with that Sunderland one as well. The owner, I can remember. There's a scene where the owner phones the manager, and the, the manager says he wants that. Uh, well, Greg, he says he's. I would I love, Greg, I'd love yeah. to sign him, and uh, and the owner <coughs> says, "Right, we can get him, but it's for this." And the manager on the phone call says, "Nah." Um, that's too much money. I wouldn't spend that on him. So that's so this is the sort of thing when I talk about with the managers. Like I want that player, but the manager saying no, that's too much for him. Um, and then the owner went and signed them anyway because it was obviously deadline day, and they were like, um, so they, they needed to go and they, they signed somebody, um, and that's what they've done. So, but I, 
that my, I was wanting to make that point. I totally forgot about it. I'm glad I'm glad people in the chat have said it, Jed and, and the likes. Um the fees are not an issue. Like Celtic can afford that, but it is it's the, the wages are like if we buy somebody that's sitting on a bench at Bournemouth, he's, he's sitting on 70 grand a week. That's like our top earners nowhere near that. Some probably half of that. We 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 just can't compete with that. And John's bang on in the comments as well. The English Premier League's absolutely ruined football. And I think it's hilarious that the likes of Carragher and Neville are saying we need to stop what Saudi are doing now with football um, <laughs> because it's, it's ruining football. And it's like, you you fuckers have been doing it for 20 plus years. 20, yeah. You fuckers. Um, so get what's coming to you. Bring it on. I know I like Saudi money and all that. It's a bad thing. But if it fucking ruins English football, then I'm all for it because they've done that to the rest of us. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And I was going to say as well, watch the have you have you watched the Welcome to Wrexham shows yet? I've caught a few of them. They're they're really good in terms of recruitment and and different things. Like I'll obviously Ram Randall's not coming from America, but yeah, I mean, look, kind of go back to the the transfer window itself, Ross. And it was great discussion. Everyone got involved in the comments. I do appreciate that, and 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 with ourselves as well. Good debate. Just kind of. Rogers has said he he's he, he knows that they can't really upgrade certain positions till the summer and he's content with that. But he's made it clear he wants to get quality in. You said two players, so if we're led to believe Coon's coming in for the for the winger spot, what would be the other position for yourself that you would strengthen? Um I would try and get a, another striker in. Um I know Willie said that he doesn't think like say he made the point earlier talking about like Seagrass coming in is similar to like talking about Miofsky or Shankland coming in but I think the, where it differentiates <coughs> is the fact that with a goalkeeper you, you, you stick with the goalkeeper you don't tend to substitute a goalkeeper whereas with your centre forwards you tend to not chop and change but you, you, you make substitutions uh, during games and I think we need another option other than uh, O especially with given the fact that um, he'll probably be away uh, in the Asian Cup for how long I don't know um, but if, I think uh, where I agree with Willie he, he said that he doesn't think we've been that bad defensively and I, I don't think in this window <coughs> for a for a take us into the second half of the season domestically only remember because we've no European football now I think that we've got more than enough at the back. Um, you you could maybe say, <clears throat> um, try and strengthen at left back. I would say aye if we can if we can do it, then go and do it. But I would that the the winger and the striker would be uh, would be in front of that for me. But uh, again, if we can get somebody to chat, not not take uh, well, listen. If you can get somebody that's going to be better than Greg Taylor, then by all means do it. But there's no guarantees that they're going to be. Greg Taylor, for me, is more than enough eh, domestically for the second half of the season. The problem is Bernabé, isn't he? So do you, do you go and sign a, a left-back that can possibly challenge Greg Taylor, but maybe not be the guy to take over? Everybody thinks Greg Taylor's shite and is not good enough and they want better. So do you go and try and get somebody and maybe it ends up just being another Bernabé in this window or it's, you don't know where Celtic are in that or where the, how far down the line they are in scouting guys for that position to try and replace Greg Taylor. But for me, 
I think Greg, Greg Taylor didn't have a great first half of the season, but the last sort of month or so, I think he's he started getting back to what he was under Ange. I think he's very effective eh, for Celtic, certainly domestically. I'm not saying for one setting that he we can't get better and should get better for a eh, if if and when we're having another tilt at the Champions League. Um, but mm. again, I'm I'm not signing somebody to that's definitely going to be better than Greg Taylor because I think for Celtic that's difficult to do. You look at it. Uh, on the other side, like Alistair Johnson has come in, he started off absolutely brilliant. He's not been as good this season. On the face of it, now would I say Alistair, John- Alistair Johnson is any better than Greg Taylor for Celtic? On the other side, no, for me, I, I think both of them uh, are. There's there's not much between both players. Uh, so for Celtic to go and get somebody that's absolutely going to be better than Greg Taylor. I think you have to spend quite a bit of money on a, a guy. Listen, that sort of contradicts what I said earlier, because you might get somebody that is better than Greg Taylor and get lucky, and, and it'll be a minimal fee. But I think in this window, if we are getting a left back, it has to be because Bernabeu isn't good enough, not because Greg Taylor isn't good enough. Everybody's concentrating on the fact that we need to get a left back because Greg Taylor's shite. When in actual fact, we need to get a left back because Burnaby's shite. And if Greg Taylor gets injured, then we're in deep, deep trouble. I think that's why we need to get a left back. But again, I would say that striker and uh, winger are more at the forefront in my mind because, again, it's domestic football we're talking about. Celtic are going to have the line share of possession. And as long as Greg Taylor is okay or uh, Alistair Johnson is okay I think Ralston domestically for the odd game here and there will be good enough I don't think Bernabeu is but as I say I think we need to, to strengthen the top end to give us more options there because for the most part we're going to be in the front foot try to score goals and that is for me where we've not struggled because we're sitting top of the league but we need more options. I, I think that, like Willie said earlier in the podcast, we make loads of chances, but I think it's that final ball, that wee bit of cutting edge sometimes in games that we've been lacking. And I think if we can get... Listen, I would be quite happy to get Miofsky, but I'm not advocating that it should be Miofsky. Cheers, mate. Um, I'm not advocating that it should be Miofsky, but I, I just think that... we. We need somebody who's going to hit that byline and provide the quality across that Palmer can, but for the byline rather than coming inside and playing in front of, we need to get in behind teams more than what we have been, and that's that. That's just my feeling on the the sort of what what we need. Yeah. No. I agree with you on that aspect of things. I mean, another striker for me wouldn't be a priority. I know what, I mean, to be fair, we only have Kyogo at the minute, but maybe a loan signing that ties through the end of the season. Um, you mentioned left back, Ross, and, and Willie, I don't know if you've seen the rumour. There's rumours that were linked with a Portuguese. I think it's Ario. I'm probably butchering that name. He plays for, I think it's Estrola. So he does, and he's played over 100 games for them. He looks decent, and you mentioned someone to come in to challenge Greg Taylor. Maybe this is the guy to do it, Willie. 
maybe they're prioritizing left back and, and a winger because <laughs> I, I I think like Ross and I we're not going to get four players in maybe two or three in, in my opinion so same same thing that the Ross like where would you prioritize for now to see us through the end of the season and guarantee this league title yeah much the same for me as, as a striker that I think we need somebody that's that's going to sort of uh, come in and, and challenge Kyogo for the shot um because as much as much as we all love Kyogo, uh, Kyogo, and he has he's 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 been I think he's been a victim of his success, his own success in the first you know his first tenure uh, here, uh, first tenure, his first couple of seasons here. Um, <coughs> but sometimes, sometimes it's just not. I mean, nobody can come and play nine, ten out of ten every week. So we need somebody to come in, much like we had when um, we had Yakamakis, somebody to push him. And like come and take minutes off him because I don't think O's necessarily that player at the moment. I think it's O's just a player that comes on when we're wanting to give Kyogo the last twenty minutes of the game rest. So yeah. for for me it would be that, and I'm not saying it needs to be Jack Amakis or a, or a, the same sort of physical type of player. What I'm saying is somebody that can come in and push Kyogo and uh, try and get that shut off him. That for me would be priority. It's easier said than done, obviously. Um, it's the hardest thing in, in the game to put the ball in the back of the net. So uh, for me, that would be priority. Again, I'm like everybody else. Uh, obviously, like we need to look at a left back, but I'm not. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a priority at the moment. Um, I, I think Taylor's been more than capable this year. Uh, I think obviously, well, obviously, I think he comes in for unfair criticism um, a lot of the time, but. <coughs> I don't think. See, to be honest with you, right? See, see, even if we've done nothing in this window, I still think the co- obviously that it's not going to happen. And it, and <laughs> I mean the backlash for fans and social media. I, I try to stay away, stay away from social media because I just. I thankfully, know what you're going to say. Thankfully, I've got this because this is my uh, forum to kind of vent my frustrations. I don't need to get involved in forums anymore. But like, the backlash would be incredible. But if we if we didn't sign a soul this window, we've still, we've still got a, that squad still more than capable. We're going and winning that league at a canter. Um, we've got players that we've not had for the first half of the season, and Hitati and Abada. Maeda's been missing for a number of weeks. Uh, CCV's been in and out and been out with injury and all that. All these players, Abada, that's coming back is going to be like new signings. Hitati as well is going to absolutely give the whole club a lift. So. <coughs> We're, we're top of the league. Um, obviously, it's not been proper cruise control like it has been previous seasons. Um, but we're top of the league, um, and I mean we're doing we're doing well. Like it's not as if it's a fucking horrendous season. This this team's more than capable of going on and winning that league um, and winning it by a number of points. Um, saying that, obviously, I want us to improve. But what I'm saying is, I don't think it's like all hell for leather, we need to get X amount of players in. Uh, I think this window, like I said, is going to be a, about excuse me, about trimming trimming the squad. Um, trimming the squad a bit because I think this summer is going to be there's going to be a massive turnover. I think there's going to be like a fire sale of the, in, in, within players of the club and I think there's going to be a lot of bodies coming in this summer. So I think it's about sort of preparing for that. And <laughs> It's a Friday. The Friday Club. <laughs> Damn. Um, Stephen's name. No idea. He wasn't even born. He was just a stain in the sheets at that point. Yeah, he wasn't even a stain in the sheets. 
Um, so that's I, a tiny little dog shape. I like. <laughs> I think I, I yeah I think this this um this window is more about preparing for the summer. I think we get one or two in. It looks like Coon's going to come in through the door. Uh, for me, I'd get a striker, and I'd be happy if we got if we trimmed some of the squad as well. Um, and <coughs> yeah, because I think summer's going to be the, the, the summer's going to be pivotal on what happens going forward with with Rogers and the team. Um, I agree, agree, Pat. Like I said, I uh, <coughs> I, I would like a big um, a big physical presence in there. Because uh, I, I do think that's that's missing sometimes. But again, aye. I, I I'd be happy in the window if we got a couple in and we we got a fair whack out. Because I think we do need trimming, and uh, I'll I'll be excited yep. for the summer coming. But again, I'll I'll reiterate it again. If we didn't get anybody in that squad's going to go and win the league, um, it's the quality's still there. We obviously want better, but um, sort of Europe's Europe's at the window now. So it's just the, the domestic that we've got to look forward to. If we, if we bag that, if we bag the league in the Scottish Cup, it's a massively successful season again. And what's turned out to be a sort of transitional period, which I, I can't believe it is after like the, what the, what Angie's squads did, and we've still got the majority of that squad here. Um, it, it's, it's. I just, I just don't see how. It seems like there's a bit of panic about the club. In the last, yeah, it's felt like that for a while. It's felt like that for a while. Majority of the season, and I don't, I don't understand why. I feel obviously we've been knocked out a cup and we had a couple of defeats, but Jesus Christ, you think you think we were fucking relegation? What are you out there, honey? Is he fucking throwing petrol bombs at my fucking house? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I you would think we were getting we were fucking near relegation or something. The way some people are going on, and again. Because we've been so successful in the last however many years, it is. It's difficult, um, and we talked about players coming in, not being able to deal with that, um, with the like the sort of the size of the club and how you like you said even a couple of draws in a row, and it's like disaster. It's not just the players; that's management, that's board level, that's everything yeah. in the whole club. So uh, <laughs> it's I think it's ridiculous. It's at that point <laughs> because like. It's it's no disaster for me. Like I say, we win the league, and if we go and win the Scottish Cup, it's a it's a very successful season. And then I look forward to the summer. Uh, hopefully, we do the business in the summer, uh, and then go on. But that's obviously way well down the line. When it comes to January, I, I just to summarise, I just feel like this is a a sort of um, preparing preparing for the summer. I just I I think we'll get one or two, and I don't think it'll be major overhauls. Um, <laughs> I'm no fed on the <laughs> just was born there. Um, aye, so it's prep, it's prep for me. I don't think it's, I don't think it's panic stations. And I think that, I think that the, the positions that people are talking about, i.e., keeper and left back, I totally agree. We need to, we, we can improve in their positions, but um, we can improve in a lot of positions. We can improve at right back, we can improve at centre half, we can improve everywhere. I just think that the that's that we'll look to that. I think we'll look at that. They they sort of positions in the summer. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And again, the comments that they're flying in. And I think to be fair, we've had a, a really good discussion around recruitment, transfers, and things of that nature. We're going to finish on a bit of a, a lighter note, Ross. And uh, Roy King 
for that infamous six month spell. He came in on loan to Clyde defeat, all that do we and all that kind of banter from back then. He, he was doing, I think it was the overlap again, Willie. Maybe aye, it was, you watched the episode. Aye, it was, aye. aye. And he was talking about his time at Celtic and he, he enjoyed it. But again, it was a bit of a culture shock, seeing the facilities and, and Barrowfield compared to United and that. But he was very um, upbeat and positive about his time. And wouldn't you know, the papers pick up on his comments about there was a couple of pricks, kind of the words he said, in, in the squad. And that they run with the headline, basically King speaks negatively about his time at Celtic. When it wasn't that at all, seeing the clip that he spoke yeah. about. But just for a bit of fun, like I've got the squad up here. I'll, I'll run through it. And you can decide who the couple of pricks are. So that's that's pretty pretty straightforward, isn't it? <laughs> so there was Arthur Boris, David Marshall, Michael McGovern, Paul Telfer, Mo Kamara, Adam Fergal, Gary Caldwell, Bobo Baldy, Mark Wilson, Farga, Mulgrew, John Kennedy, Steve McManus, Darren O'Dea, Scott Kirkburg, Gary Irvine, Alan Thompson, Stephen Pearson, Roy Keane, Neil Lennon, Stylian Petrov, Nakamura, Ross Wallace, Paul Lawson, Rocco Quinn, Michael Gardine, In the Giddy, Simon Ferry, Open Goat. And the attackers finally were Saraski, Dion Dumman, John Hartson, Sean Maloney, Craig Beattie, McGlinchey, and Dermot O'Carroll. Who are the fricks in that squad, do you reckon, Ross? Craig Beattie and John Hartson, probably. Anybody in the region? I reckon he wouldn't have got on with Lennon. Oh, that would be a bit of a... That would be two words colliding. Yeah. Neil Lennon, top chief up there. Probably wanted oh, to ragdoll Adam Virgo for aye. being absolutely shite. Or, or I see if I see if Cy Ferry and that's anything like that an open goal. Oh, like, like Jack the lad in the in the in the hangy, he'd have just been like, aye. he wouldn't have liked that at all. It would have been pretty much any of the players that didn't train well, because you know he, he hates that. <laughs> Tell me this, Willie. Right, speaking of Roy Keane, I know we're having a laugh about it, and people in the comments again <laughs> saying Graverson, Boris, probably Graverson, another big character, McGeady. As well, Pondering Nugget. Do you think we can attract a player of his ilk again? I know he was 34, 35 towards the end of his playing career, but he was still playing for United regularly the season before and, and things like that. Do, do you think that people look at them signings, albeit alone, and be like, why can we not do that again? Or is it just. I think. Do you know, do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, I understand it. I just, I just think the model of the club's different now. I just don't think we wanted. I don't think they want to go down that route. I don't think they want to sign the Robbie Keynes and the Craig Bellamy's. And the, well, Bellamy was different because he was still, he was, he was, he was. I don't think, I don't think he was in his prime at that point. Yeah, I still think he still had a bit mm. to go. But the likes of Robbie Keane and Freddie Jumberg and all these players that have kind of came on loan, I just don't think that's Celtic's model anymore. And I don't think, I don't think any of us would be happy with that if we were sitting here yeah. in January. And we had, uh, like, say, a, 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 a drink off the top of my head someday that would be, but someday that ilk that's like a, he was a decent player, but it's, he's coming to the end of his career. Um, I don't think any of us would be happy with that signing anymore. Um, doesn't fit the mould, eh? Nah, the, the, the actual squad. No, nah, nah, it doesn't. Um, although Robbie Keane one's a bit different as well because he was still he was still a player. <coughs> that us. Um, but I, the likes say like Lundberg and. Or Ian Wright and all that. They they were like, they were they were done and well passed. And right, and Keno he said himself said he says it in that podcast. He said, look, I, I would I wouldn't change it. Like I loved going up to Celtic there, he, he, and he's so fond of the club. He says it's a massive club. Um, but he was like, he actually says I was done. As I, I hadn't, I went up and had two injuries. And I was, I already knew like my knees, my knee wasn't right and all the rest of it. And I probably shouldn't. I should have probably just retired. Um, but he did say he enjoyed the fact that it was like a culture change and he actually says he thinks back in his career now and he had the chance to go to like UV and all these and he's like 
I think, I think Beckham was on one of them, and obviously Beckham's been everywhere. And he's like, that's one thing I'm a bit envious of. I, I think, like, obviously my affinity for Man United is a big thing, but I kind of wish I went away and experienced another culture and a different changing room and different, you know. So, um, yeah, but to answer your question, yeah, I don't think, I just don't think it fits the model anymore. And and yeah. even if, and, and if he's talking about in the, in the prime, we definitely can't attract somebody that. Um, <laughs> see, it's funny when you were on last week and, and Gavin was asking you questions about who your sort of football hero was growing up. And he, he was mine. I just, one of my early memories was that UV game. And I just remember him getting booked and then just absolute monster and just took the game. Like, the, I don't think, <coughs> a bit like, well, it's not the same. And it's not the same class. But a bit like Callum McGregor can do for Celtic, there's no many players that can do that. Just take the whole game by the scruff of the neck and say, and you don't need to scream it, boys, as much as Kino did. Just lead by example. And yeah. everybody, I'll give one that gives the crowd a lift and then that gives the whole team a lift and a buzz. Uh, uh, what a player he was. I, I think Callum Mack's that player for us. But I, yeah, totally different model now. And I don't think we're into these sort of loan signings anymore. If it is, I think it's, it's like the likes of Bernardo and Yota and Mm-hmm. CCV, it, it, it needs to be well with a view to it being a permanent. And I think, you know what, we're talking about spending this big money on players. I think you're right, Stephen, you said it. I think that's the that's the route. If we are going to spend big money, that's the route we're going down. We're going to bring them in on loan, excuse me, and it'll be a big future fee. We'll have a look at them for a year or 18 months, and then, yeah, we'll pull the trigger, we'll sign them because we know he can do this stuff. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Monty, Colin, Kazim, Richards. You think of some of oh, the names: yeah. Carton Cole, all Dion these guys. Dion Dublin, that came in to sell the Gross back then, and all the kind of washed-up Premier League players coming for a final payday. Wouldn't say Roy Keane fits that mold. He was still thirty-four, and I know his injuries kind of finished him off and things. But would, would you agree with Willie? Do you think that whole signing the MEPL players who are thirty to thirty-five, it's gone? I mean, Michael Mitchell said he was still like the same players that experience, but. For me, if like I totally agree with William, we very rarely agree in transfers and recruitment. But I think if, if we're sitting here at the end of the transfer window and we've made free loan signings from EPL clubs, you, you wouldn't be happy no more with that. Well, it depends who it is, but if they're like thirty-five, you're you're not going to be doing that. It just doesn't fit the mold. Not not only the the sort of transfer policy mold, but the mouldy the actual team on the park it doesn't it doesn't fit we we spoke on the group chat uh, during the week about the obviously uh, it was a rumor it probably won't happen but Jordan Henderson aye that's a, that's a perfect example by the way aye um and I, I I thought about it when I seen it of it won't happen but I thought about it when I seen it and I was like Jordan Henderson has been a brilliant player he's captained Liverpool he was a regular and a really good, really, really good England team. Whatever you think about England, they've got good players and they've got a good uh, national team. And he's still, I think he's still getting picked for the national team. He's went to Saudi Arabia and he's probably went for the money, but he's realised this is actually, it's, it's shite. I want out. He's not enjoying living in the country maybe as well. Um, but you, you take all these things into account and I still look at it and go, would I, would I have him at Celtic? Do we need him at Celtic? Listen, he'll bring experience, absolutely. But is he coming up here for that sort of final payday? Not even payday, but that, that sort of last hurrah, 
uh, <coughs> sort of mindset is he going to have? And then I look at our yeah. midfield and I go, we've got um, Hattati, O'Reilly, Bernardo, Cal uh, McGregor. They're all bouncing the now, all playing great. Hattati's coming back. He's he's proven he's got the quality. Where, where would they fit in? Do we? Is he going to come in a six month loan? Do do we, do we really need them to try and get over the line in the, the SPL um, and win the league? Probably not. So, uh, even yeah. like if it was the summer and he was coming in and it was maybe a year's loan and we had Champions League football to look forward to, I would maybe think about doing it then because of the experience and just even if he wasn't playing week in, week out on the big Champions League nights, having sort of that that guy who's still got quality to not rely on but come in and help us out along the way then possibly you would look at it but right now to get us over the line in the second half of the season guys like that no for me it needs to be enthusiastic not young I, w- I would like to see Celtic bringing more players in between the, the sort of 24, 25 to 28 bracket, I don't think we're bringing enough of them in. I think it's there's too many 21 to 23 years. <clears throat> I think we need to, the mid-20s needs to be hit a lot more because then you've got a better chance. Eh, they've got a bit more experience, more games under their belt. I think they need to be going to that sort of bracket of player. But your 34, 35 loan signings, that's... It's long gone for me. It, that 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 stopped when Ange came in, and I think we should continue with that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it was a good segue into Roy Keenan and EPL. Why still players? But by all counts, mate, I wouldn't have Jordan <laughs> Henderson around our club. To be honest, that's that's just my opinion. We're, we're stacked in midfield. Why add another midfielder? That is, it's beyond uh, stupid. Do I mean? And I don't think for me anyway he wouldn't start. Do you think he would start like genuinely? No. No, nah. yeah. I wouldn't hear him. As, I wouldn't even hear him as second choice there. If, <laughs> if he was, if he came in for whatever loan, and and we got an injury, and he was ahead, and he got game time ahead of the likes of home or uh, Awata, I'd be fuming because these guys are the future. They should be the guys that are playing for us. And I don't think it, I get that. much like Lager Bielka. Whenever they two have came in, the limited time they've had, I don't think they've been. Horrendous. I don't think they've been. I don't think they've set the world alight, but I don't think they've been horrendous either. Yeah, that's grand. But look, to round off the the podcast, we're going to do a wee January transfer quiz between Ross and Willie. Just (laughs) again, five questions, bit of crack. There's not much difficulty in these questions at all. Just kind of straightforward on on previous Celtic January transfers and kind of that kind of stuff. Are are you ready? They need a pen and paper. Right. That that would do, yeah. That that, that right. would. That was Let me know when you're ready. Many questions, is it? Five. Is it quick fire? It's it's. No, just write them down. I will do. We'll, we'll do quick fire. Just want to do quick fire. First one to set. That's. Do you want to write them down? Man. Right, we'll do. We'll write them down. Write them down. I'll be. Uh, I think that works better. Aye. <laughs> it's all right. It means you like all get a fur. It's like sitting with a wife fucking and trying to organise what takeaway we're getting. So just oh, the same as last week, but it's only five questions. Yes. Right, okay. Only five questions. I wouldn't be that tough on these boys, you know that. He's ready. <laughs> yeah, man. 
Right. Celtic signed <coughs> John Joe Kenny in the January transfer window of 2021 from which club? Fuck me. Absolute dog shite. <laughs> you got it? Horrendous. I think yeah. so. I think I've got it. I think I've got it. Question two. Celtic signed Manny Perez in the January transfer window of 2019 from which club and also what nationality is Manny Perez? Two-pronged question for two 2019? points. Yeah. Where the fuck is Manny Perez? Uh, what, what club and what nationality? Yes. Right. Um, Let me know when you're ready. Well, he seems like he's ready already. No, that I confidence, fuck. or are you just? No, is that fuck? I'm not asking you to do. I know both uh, of them are wrong, but put Sandin. <coughs> I can't even remember him. Can't remember who. Manny Perez. Oh, makes sense. He's ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. Right, let's see here. Right, bear with me. Right. Celtic signed Facun Bayou in January 2019 for £2 million from Stredda, his club. I think it was Slovenia or Slovakia at that time. But who is his current club now? Bayou. Yeah. No, Question one. number three, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, three, yeah. Um, oh, fuck, I know this. I think you do. We spoke about it before, by in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I've just made me that. That's so annoying. I've got that wrong. Oh, that's got to do my fucking head in. I'm not sleeping night now. <laughs> Question four. Celtic also signed Timothy Weir in the January 2019 transfer window. Two-pronged question. Again, what's his nationality and who does he play for currently? Current club. Currently. Yeah. Who the fuck does Bio play for? FML. Fuck me, like. Final question. <laughs> They're not that difficult. Come on. Oh, they are like. <laughs> <laughs> question five. Celtic signed. Now, this is February, but it still counts as the January transfer window. Celtic signed Colin Kazim Richards in February of 2016 on a free transfer from which club? Oh, shit, no, that's where he was at. Oh, did he go to them for us? I think, well, I'm not 100% on this, but I think I might have. Right. I can't remember what one he went to for us or what he came for. Let me know when you're ready. Yeah, I'm done. 
Right, so you have your five answers then, yeah? Mm-hmm. Question one. <coughs> John Joe Kenny signed from which club? <coughs> Evan. Evan. 100%. <coughs> Question You're 100%, two. right? So both of <laughs> you have a point each. Question two. Manny, Manny Perez signed in 2019 from which club and what nationality is he? I've got a scooby uh, I, I guess Peruvian and Hitafi. <laughs> I, I guess Chilean and LA Galaxy. <laughs> no, it was North Carolina and he's American. So he is. Question. I actually, I actually had American. No, he he's, a, a, he's a left back or something. So he was oh, American yeah, and I changed was. it. Ah, just just to du- just to double check here, question three was the, the bio question, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Aye. So question three. Facoon Bio signed for two million pounds from Stredda in tw- in January twenty nineteen. But who is his current club? I'm sure he went to an English club. I've put Bournemouth, but I don't think that's right. Ross. I thought it was a French club and I thought they played in purple, but I couldn't even no, name so but I went, went Lawns. He was at Toulouse, Watford. but he went to an English club. Watford. Watford. You're right, aye. So he did, aye. Still one eight. Still one eight. Oh, Question four. <laughs> Timothy Ware. He's raging Timothy Ware also signed in the January 2019 transfer window. But what nationality is he? And who does he currently play for? American... Yeah. And UV. UV. That's fucking right. Three points each. Boy, three each. This could be the, the he breaker here. Three. Other he other did. So Do one point for. No, because no, it's a two pronged. So you get the point for the nationality. Oh, I sorry. I, uh, you, you get, I, like a, I like a two prong. A two prong. <laughs> we don't like a two prong. Maybe two prongs. Who knows? Question five. Common Kazim Richards. Signed in February 2016 on a free transfer from which club? It's between two, and I don't know. I don't know what one he went to. I I'm went Sheffield United. I went Derby nope. County, but I think it's Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce. Yeah. Did he go to Fenerbahce so, after us? I think he went to Derby after us. Did he not? I thought it was Derby before nope. us. I can mind yep, him playing with either right. Stoke or Sheffield United at one point. Right, we'll do wait, we'll do a tiebreaker and this is shouting out first, okay? Oh, for fuck's right. sake. <laughs> right, so just give, give me a second to get the, the question. Lee Sharp. So in, <laughs> in January 2014, Celtic signed Lee Griffiths for £1 million from which club? Wills. Well, he gets it. Well, he brings it <laughs> home. Know? If I go back to, no, you didn't. Willie brings it home for free. Oh my god, and Ross was fuming. Nice throw, and then he watched it back. Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. No, but it's obviously because of whatever delay there is. Because I'm saying, see, there's Jed saying I said it first. I, I have to give it from what I hear. Doing maestro and Fonzie, you bring it home as well. But look, guys, it's been a great podcast, and I've really genuinely enjoyed it. There's still 57 live of us two hours in. 
the Friday Club, we all know it goes on forever, but we'll have a great laugh doing it. And, and William Ross, have you enjoyed it? Ah, brilliant, mate. Right. Well, it's a great debate. I love all the different opinions. It seems like there's new people in the chat. Really positive. Um, there's a bit of a buzz about the podcast again now. It's, it's, um, it's not just for the viewers, it's for all of us as well. So, yeah, really pleased. Hopefully we get a couple in the window. And uh, I can't wait for this winter break to be over so we can see some see the hoops in action again. 100% Ross, what about yourself, buddy? I thoroughly enjoyed it, mate. Um, good to be back on, I think. Oh, it was last Friday I was on. I, mean, we, I think we I think we hit the three-hour mark just about <laughs> uh, with Gavin. Um, but I really good. And the same as Willie. There's a buzz back about the, the podcast again. And hopefully the, it's coming across to the, the guys that are watching us. Um, obviously with the, the new guys for the Jungle Gyms that we've brought in and obviously Jed who's in the comments. It's it's just great. I've, I've I've got a good feeling about the podcast again, and uh, well, we're obviously in middle of the winter break now, uh, and obviously we've got some spin-offs coming up as well. But um, I'm really looking forward to Celtic getting back in the the park again and watching them because, to be honest with you, I've actually got to the point where I basically didn't really watch any other football apart from Celtic. Now. I agreed. <laughs> By the way, I didn't even watch Celtic back to watch the rest of the games anymore. I just watched no. Celtic live and then I don't watch football again. And yeah. I actually got, I actually got annoyed when we're not playing midweek. Just so, so I get are. my fix. I want, I want a Saturday Wednesday, Saturday Wednesday. <laughs> you miss them. You miss them when they're not playing. And see as well, Big Red, I seen your comment earlier saying you're going to share us among Celtic pages. Again, we greatly that, appreciate man. that. And anybody who wants look. Anybody wants to do that, we've built the community and it's getting bigger. There's new people in, we're all getting along, <coughs> we're having debates. And, and like, again, echo what Ross said, the Jungle Gyms and, and Jed Thomas have brought a new dynamism to the podcast. And over, over the coming over the coming weeks, especially here up until the end of the the, the winter break, we're going to be doing some spin-offs and, and things like that. So plenty to look forward to. And look, that must have talked about Celtic ways. Oh, yes, there is. Yeah, I'm doing on Monday, aye. Go ahead, Ross, take the way. You, you give them the, the outline of it. Oh, I, don't, I don't know what the outline it is myself yet. <laughs> 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 no, well, basically, the, the, the sort of gist of it is it's. So I'm going to do like a sort of trios. I don't know if you could call it trios World Cup. So, like, trios that we've had. So, like, the three amigos, eh, Hartson, Larson, Sutton. Like that. There's, I think I've got. Uh, about 18 so I'm going to do it like as I say like a World Cup and I don't know uh, we'll need to work out how to do it because I'm not sure uh, how to run polls during the podcast but what we'll do is I'll do a draw and we'll put trios against each other and it'll be straight knockout and what we'll do is obviously to knock out you guys watching can vote in the polls ourselves hopefully can vote in the polls as well and whoever gets the most percentage goes on to the next round and then Obviously, within that, we'll talk about each sort of trio and what they, their achievements at the club and stuff like that. Uh, so, looking forward to doing it. I've still got a wee bit of work to, like, obviously finish it off and put the finishing touches on it and stuff like that. And then, obviously, as I say, we need to work out how to do these polls um, because I think the last time we done a poll on it, John was the one that was showing us what to do there. So. We'll, we'll get it all nailed down, hopefully, for Monday yep. night, and we'll bring that, uh, is it 8 o'clock Monday night? Half eight. Half, Half eight. eight. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> so, you think this show is long? Get strapped in. We've got 15 trails to talk about, <laughs> it's going to be good crack. 
And Megal's asking when that'll be Monday to spin off for the trios. Ross is going to host that. It's going to be great crack. And finally, again, thanks for everyone in the comments. Thanks to William Ross. And until Monday, stay well and keep safe. He'll heal. <clears throat>